And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. One, two, three. episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Luckily, dependable Dave Filoni and crew create Rebels with new characters, new places, and new adventures, thus keeping hope alive for this podcast. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast talking about everything Star Wars Rebels. This week, we're here, we finished, I don't have anything written down. I should need to start writing stuff down for this part <laughs> when we do our recaps. This week is the Season 3 recap! There will be uh, probably talks of Bindu and Thrawn and Hot Callus and and stuff. And how much we hate Iron, Iron Squadron. Oh, how are you doing, yeah. Chris? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> doing good! You know, another week continuing building the website. I will say I did the cutest thing last night. And now today, I want to actually look up this person so I can credit them. But in Animal Crossing, which is a video game that the entire world is obsessed with right now, um, somebody, somebody, aha, an artist named BB underscore Kate underscore art. So BB underscore Kate underscore art made Kaz, Tora, and Sonara jackets in animal crossing um and you can get the codes from her so i was running around my uh my island dressed as sonara from resistance last night and today i am kaz from resistance and i'm just like running around my island and i'm just like i'm kaz (laughs) so that's been really really fun um let me know if you if anybody is playing animal crossing they want any of those codes and i can shoot them over your way but it's it's fun Kaz went fishing today and then caught a bug, and he had a very lovely day, and then talked to a wolf man. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, you're just telling me that work's been crazy, so. Yes, it has. Definitely, a lot of people are ordering food to go. <laughs> yep. I've been so tempted. I've been like really, really, really wanting to order out some food. Like, get some ramen or something. It's just, ah, lay monies. Building a website takes money. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say I, I hit a really big milestone. I, I hit a 1,000 views in a month, which means I was allowed to monetize my site. So now, geekygirlexperience.com has ads on it, and I can start making ad revenue. So, yay! Excellent. I know. So I do... I have the Patreon, and now I have ad revenue, and me and my social media friend, Coach. I said, she's my friend, but she's also my coach in this. Um, we're going to start looking at the next step. But She's your friend and coach, not your friend coach. No, yeah, she's she was my friend first, and now she's my coach. So now she's my uh, coach friend. So. Yes. Coach friend, but not friend coach. Yeah, so if you guys uh, want to support me, you know, just talk show people my blog, share post, retweet stuff, reblog stuff. It's helpful. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Cuz this is my job and I'm a poor person. <laughs> wow. You ready again to rebels? 
I am ready. Well, if this is your first time listening to one of our recaps, the way this works uh, uh, in a season recap is we have general questions for both of us to answer. And then we each wrote questions for each other. And then we'll end with my callous evolution. You know, I was looking at this. This is the first time I think like we've had drastically different episodes in our top five. I was I, I I'm just noticing that nah, I, I I thought we were gonna have fairly close episodes, but now that I see it, I should have known better. <laughs> so Chris, what are our top five favorite episodes of season three, and why? You want to go ahead and do the two that we have the same? I was just gonna say we I know we we only have two out of five the same, so okay, we'll start right at and, the... and mine's in no particular order. Actually, I think they were in order of how they aired, but there's they're not actually in any particular order, except for Trials of the Dark Saber, which was my ten for ten. <laughs> That's my top. I did them in order, except I just put uh one on top because it was a double size one, so it was heavy, so I put it on top. So I'll, I'll start with that one. That that was uh, Zero Hour, which was actually episodes 320 and 321, but what basically like one big episode. Hour? Oh, come on. That's where Bendu finally has his freak out. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Bendu is my grievy. In, I know. In, in Rebels, and this is his grand finale, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wallow in it. Yeah. This this was probably the, like I don't have them in any real order because they were all like nines I think I think zero hours a nine point five, but uh, yeah, yeah this was definitely my uh, Bendu Bendu's burning eyes coming out of the the light the fog like a Jabberwocky was puts it at number one. Mine um my choices I will let you know. Two of them are probably based on scores. The rest are personal biases. <laughs> so, like, like I see you have vision. And really? Voices. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I see you have vision and voices in the last battle on your list. Like, and I like those episodes too. And they probably scored higher than like one of these. But I'm like, personal favorite episode. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah, that's how you do it, you know. Found my brand. <laughs> well, for me, uh, Zero Hour was also on my top five. Because it is one of the best battles in Star Wars. It's so well paced out. It's It has a space battle. It has a ground battle. It has just twists and turns and intrigues. I love I love Thrawn and his dumb hat. And Ari is amazing at it. We really get to see Space Mom shine. Hera is just excellent. And oh my god, the Callus story. Callus is just... No fucks to give Callus is my favorite Callus because he has no fucks to give because he's pretty sure that he's going to die. So he's nothing just Nothing to like, lose Callus. Yeah. Sweaty, nothing to lose Callus. I mean, he thinks he's going to die, so he's just like, fuck you, Constantine. Fuck off, oh. Ari. Fuck Tell us off, how you Ron. feel, Callus. What? Tell us how you feel, Callus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tell us Callus. how you really feel, Callus. He's, he's so good in this episode, and I, I also love the Bindu stuff. Like, the Bindu carnage is just fun. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just so great. So Zero Hour was definitely on my list, too. And then the other one that the two of us had was Trials of the Darksaber. Uh, you, do you want me to go first or you? 
Yeah, because it was, this one was like that. That one was my favorite. This one, I'm I'm gonna assume is your favorite of the the season. It was it was my highest rated one. Okay. Um, if I had to choose my favorite, it was probably through Imperial Eyes as my personal favorite. But Trials of the Dark Saber had my highest score. Um, <laughs> I I was surprised it was my ten for ten of the season. To be perfectly honest with you, um, but I just when we did the episode, I. I can't find any flaws in that episode. I mean, I guess the only flaw would be, like, if you prefer plot over character. I can see how somebody thinks could think that would be a flawed episode. But I'm a character person. I prefer character over plot any day. And that was a me episode all over. And it well, was... the, the character stuff in it was needed. It was necessary to the story. So I was, it... I was just about to say that. Um, we, we finally get Sabine's backstory, something that we haven't had for two and a half seasons of knowing nothing about Sabine. And we finally got, we, we had to break her down until she's like a crying, like mess for her to start building herself back up again into this, like this 2.0 version of her as a, a, a balanced warrior. And it's a good Kanan episode too. Kanan has to take steps to learn He's learned how to let go of Ezra, but now he has to learn how to let go of Sabine, who's been with him longer and is pretty much his space daughter. And it's it's a good Kanan episode as well, and there's so much little nods like Bindu and the Convery watching everything happen. So you know, like, the Force is keeping an eye on it and adds that element. And oh my god, Uncle Rao. Uncle Rao! Well, <laughs> it's great. You know, usually they have to tell, like, Star Wars tells stories very visually. And they usually do it through action, and this is, and the, and you know they I mean you've got actors and stuff in it, but this is a computer animated show, and this they had to tell the story they had to you you know with body language you know with acting writing writing dialogue and acting, and then they had you know they had to have the faces and the body language expressive enough to communicate what what they were doing and then they had you know they had to rely more on like lighting and, and color yeah. there's there's action there's you know the light you know lightsaber fights always a good action um depiction of drama visual depiction of drama but for the most part it was a lot of dialogue and you know there was a lot of um communication done with eyes and facial expressions and stuff like they the the animators had to animate acting there was voice acting but they had to animate the physical part of acting to tell the story rather than uh you know a set piece fight so it was it was just very unusual for a cg kids cartoon action cartoon it was also extra unusual because it was one of the few episodes where they recorded the audio first which and and tia sikar Tia Sakar just fucking brought it as being in that episode. Like she was just heartbreakingly good. And I and well, I you would have to because you're gonna have to spend all the extra time matching facial expressions and stuff to the to the acting, you know. And and I really liked Ezra in the episode too. I thought Ezra played a really good, nice, balanced role as well. Like he he was the comedy of the episode, but he was also like a lot of like the grounded heart of the episode and really kept was there both to push Sabine and support Sabine. And it's just, the whole thing was just good. <laughs> so why did you like uh, uh, Trials of the Darksaber? 
I liked it because it was different. It was different. It was, uh, it was, it reminded, you know, Clone Wars had more variation in style. You know, they, they tried out different stuff. So it wasn't as surprising after a while in Clone Wars when you'd get a Godzilla story or something. But this one, they, they, you know, they switched up the way, you know, their style and, uh, it was they also like the level of writing was up to that par too so it was just this perfect combination of writing acting and animation to tell a story in a different way and you know all right you know i'm a 50 some year old guy whatever i can i can you know uh, watching dialogue and stuff like that but if you were a kid it might be this, you know, you know, it's a little rougher to to make this episode not boring for a kid or, you know, not just exposition or melodramatic. And the fact that they not only pulled it off, but pulled it off really well. And it's one of the standout episodes of the of the season is, yeah, why it made my top five. All right, and now for the rest of them, we have different ones. So why don't you yeah. start, and we'll go back and forth. All right. Uh, my next one on my list is the first episode, Steps into Shadow. And I think uh, I think we can all guess why this one. This is this is where we first discover Bendu. <laughs> and it sort of bookends the, the last episode. And uh... Oh, my God. Bendu to you is my Thrawn. Yeah, yeah. He's he's actually better than a Grievy because he's more more he's way more well not way more but he's a lot more interesting than Grievy as a character and uh, and having him introduced into Rebels was sort of inter- he he's sort of all the best ele- elements of the stuff they were experimenting with in Clone Wars with with you know with the brother and the sister and the father and all that and uh but the bendu is a much more he's 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 cosmic but he's also grounded at the same time and he's mysterious and he's not necessarily on your side but he could be helpful so he's just way more interesting and he's voiced by my favorite doctor who so what yeah what what yeah what else can go wrong so yeah there's that one i did see a tweet um because you brought up the brother and the sister and the father from the mortis arc um it has to do with clone wars um it's not a spoiler but somebody had wrote about how of course in the mortis arc ahsoka dies and then the sister gives her life to bring ahsoka back to life and then the sister is forever tied to ahsoka and someone's like if Ahsoka is the sister, does Maul represent actually the brother? Because the brother in, in the Mortis arc flat out says, the Sith need to be destroyed for the dark side. And the brother was like, yeah, destroy the Sith. <laughs> and so, and like that's pretty much essentially what Maul is, like trying to yeah. stop the Sith. And so it's like, if Ahsoka is the sister, is Maul the brother? Yeah, Sorry, well, the, a, I mean, I mean, Clone Wars conversation for half a second. <laughs> whether they are, whether they they literally are or not, they could just be embodiments of it, you know. Yeah. If the brother and the sister are just sort of like, you know, they they could be sort of Jungian ar- archetypes. So so that the 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 
play of the brother and the sister plays out, you know, forever in the for you know, over and over in cycles in the force, you know, so, so Maul and Ahsoka are, are playing out the same, you know, sort of becoming the brother and the sister in the, in the, cause it rhymes. Star Wars, <laughs> it rhymes. Anyway, so my episode, did you have anything else for Steps in the Shadow? Nope, nope. Okay. My my next favorite episode was Hera's Heroes, which is another personal favorite episode of the show. Um, I love Hera's Heroes because to me, like that is Thrawn's true introduction. Um, Steps in the Shadow is just like, oh, here's Thrawn, cool. But like this is the first time that we actually get to see Thrawn work, um, and how he works and how he uses art to deduce everything. We get Chiss hisses, <laughs> his little. Um, Jesus make me happy, and he's so pretty, and I love him. Um, and I like seeing the Hera Ezra team up. Hera and Era, Era, <laughs> Hera and Ezra don't get to team up very often, so it's a really cool dynamic that we don't normally get to see. Uh, oh man, I'm a mess today. And um, we get to have Hera's backstory, which is well, more of Hera's backstory. We've had a little bit of it, but we get to see like her childhood home. And we learn more about her mother and what happened to her mother, which, we, we, again, we learned earlier in the season, but we get to see her mother and, like, get the Calicori uh, message. And we see, like, where Hera comes from and, and a little bit of Chopper background. Like, we get to see the Y-Wing that Chopper crashed in and see that Chopper has emotions about that, too. So I, I really love Hera's heroes. Like, it's, it's, it's a favorite, so... I will say, like the these the last two on your list would have been in my honorable mentions because they were pretty darn high on mine too. Like these these two would be my honorable mentions. So what's your next one, Chris? Oh, my last one is episode three hundred five, the last battle. Your second to last one because you haven't talked about the other one yet. Oh, that's right. Well, 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 yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's right because we already did uh. We already did Trial of the Darksaber. All right. Well, we're whipping through this, even though we only had two in common. Yeah, I mean, how can you go wrong? For one, battle droids. I know. They're, they're, you know, I mean, battle droids are an official J-Guys and Jedi spirit animal, spirit robot. It probably is. It's, it's our Patronus. Well, we got many of them. We've got many of them, you know. There's there's all kinds of them, you know. Grievy's my spirit animal, but like the, I mean, just generally for the show, they're 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 awesome. They're just you know, and they're they were back and they were stupid, and yeah. Except this time, no, never mind. I'm get I'm getting that confused with something else, but you know battle droids and wrecks it was like and and at the time you know it, it sort of scared you into well here goes rex <laughs> but, but like uh, rex also had some like awesome moments too of like we get to see his pdsd and like he has that moment where he screams out of cody like i i love this yeah. episode too yeah but but it was nice i mean now like Clone Wars and Rebels, it's all starting to mix into one sort of combined Filoni-verse, sort of like the, the Marvel films did. But when when this first aired, you know, it was just neat to go back to Clone Wars for a little while, you know? You didn't Even think using you would... the old Clone Wars, like, logos and music. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a little taste, of, get a little taste of the old Clone Wars, and it was just, it was really neat. All right. So for my next favorite episode of the season was an Inside Man, and <laughs> I like this one. Why, Thrawn? <laughs> I I liked this one because we got to see like kind of more of the brutal side of Thrawn, like him actually using the art of war and the death of Mr. Sumar. But Arinda is wonderful in this episode, too. She's just like, yes, I'm here and I'm evil. And I love it. But mostly I like this episode for, for Callus, Ezra, and Kanan. Um, and I like their kind of forced team-up because Callus has to reveal himself as Fulcrum. And then the whole time Kanan and Ezra are just like, you're not Fulcrum. Can we throw you through a wall? Kapah! <laughs> throw you through a wall! And, and that one line where, where Kane is just like, Ezra! And he's like, what? We have to make it look like it was, you know, like we like we meant him. We fought him. And Count Kanan was just like, yeah, but I wanted to throw Callus through a wall. <laughs> and so the, that all that is just so much fun. And we get to see Lothal. I, I, I didn't note this, but I like seeing the shift in Lothal. Because Lothal, like, even though in the earlier seasons, like, the Empire was there, like, the Empire was, like, trying to, like, we're here to help you. We're trying to make your planet better. And being the first time in season three, we go back to Lothal, and they're not fucking around anymore. They're like, yeah, we're not here to help you. We're yeah, stealing your farms. definitely not better. <laughs> yeah, we're stealing your farms. Go to work for your factories. Your your city is now polluted. Just just go work for us now. We're, or work for us or die. And so it's it's so much, but I also love the walker fight. They're a little tiny little walker versus two big ass ATATs, and they're dancing around each other. And the big ass ATAT goes to lay down and crush them, and they cut their way through. It's just I love that walker fight. It's it's something that we don't just we don't get to see it, and it's just so much fun. So I I really love an inside man. All right, now what's your last one? My last one is the 10th episode, Visions and Voices. Finally, a creepy episode of Rebels. And a return, and they do it on Dathomir, too. So, And uh, found it much creepier than the re- return to Geonosis. Which was a little creepy, but this is the true. This had the, this had the true, like... Walt Disney animation scene of, you know, the witches coming out of their cauldron at, at, at the end, and that was just awesome. The, the the drama of it and stuff was all good, but I was I was just like, I really liked having the atmosphere. You know, a, a, an ep, an episode that has a creepy atmosphere. There were always you know not a lot of them but peppered throughout clone wars always like episodes that were almost horror episodes or full-out horror episodes yeah and this is the closest thing we got to that but at the same time it was sort of disney scare like it was more like uh sleeping beauty type you know horror or like the demons and fantasia right right it was it, it had a very disney feel which is you know, appropriate because it's Disney doing it now. So it was, it was neat. It was visually and atmospherically really awesome. To me, that was also the best mall episode of the season. Sorry, Twin Sons. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that too. Yeah, 
And my last one is is actually probably my favorite episode of the season. Um, Charles the Darksaber scored higher from a story point of view, but as my personal favorite episode um, is Through Imperial Eyes. I love this episode. Because for one, we get to see the return of Yularen, and I have just the dumbest soft spot for that man. I don't know what it is, but I love Yularen. I have a soft spot for him. He's just, oh, I loved him in Clone Wars. I love him in Rebels. The only time I don't love him is in A New Hope because he gets blown up. (laughs) So I love Yularen so much. And just to be having him back and just being just heard like, oh, betrayal! I just love I love Tom Kane as Lugularen. It's all good. Um, and Thrawn, again, is just at his peak. And he's doing his thing. And he's being sexy. And we get his arms. His arms. He Jesus. fights robots. And we see his arms. Oh, man. So good. And I can't believe when we were talking about Zero Hour, I didn't talk about the Thrawn Callus fight, which is also just as good. Huh. Huh. Thrawn arms. I I love the Rinda and Rex fight because Rex just fighting her and like and Arinda's just like so, I'll kill you, old man. He was what? using Thrawn arm tactics. I know, and and Ari was just ready to throw down with an old man, and I loved it. But what I really love most about this episode is Callus again. Callus this season season three is Callus's season. Like he is just so good this entire season but this was probably the best i love seeing how he manipulates poor stupid lieutenant list list is dumb endearingly dumb and and Kallus just manipulates him left and right and how he teams up with ezra which is a really fun team up and how he just turns the tides all for him and honestly the only thing that really really sticks him is Ezra. Ezra to me is the one that messes up by changing the planets. And and Callus is almost so good that like Thrawn's just like, this is really convenient. Um so I just I, I love Through Imperial Eyes. It's it's one of my it, it's in my top ten favorite episodes of Rebels. I, I just love this episode from beginning to end. It's just so good. So all right, well, now we're going to go to the opposite side of things, and I'm not surprised that we agree on this. What was your least favorite episode of the season and why, a.k.a. what 30 minutes do you want back in your life? Iron Squadron. Iron Squadron, yeah. Not a, not a hard one. Yeah, those little asshole asshat shavers in it. They're annoying. They, they were just purposely, like, like just written as characters you know you know when characters have their own have their flaws that mess them up and stuff theirs were just too like exaggeratedly drawn and it was it was frustrate it was literally frustrating watching these characters i think it's one of my lowest rated or uh, rebels episodes ever i think i rated it like a 6.5 or something like that yeah you haven't gotten that low with anything else yeah, I did. I didn't like this episode. Yeah, it was almost like they wrote. It was a bunch of adults writing teenagers, and they've never met teenagers before. Right, right. <laughs> it had very fellow kids, high fellow kids to it. Yeah, the reason Iron Squadron is on my list is pretty much all of the things that you just said, and also like 
I get what they were trying to do, like showing how much Ezra has matured and grown compared to other people his age. And I get the story that they were trying to do, but they've done that story and they've done it better. And I'm also annoyed that they don't bring Mart back. Mart is supposed to be Sato's nephew and he's supposed to be like this connection to someone really big in the rebellion. But we don't see Mart again until the series finale. And it's it that that is really annoying to me. And I and I talked about it a little bit last week when we were talking about Sato's death. But I just if they would have actually brought back Mart and continued his character growth and didn't save him for the series finale, I might have been a little bit more easy on this episode because at least we would have a starting point for Mart and we could see him grow and see he, who he turns out to be. But we don't have that. We have him as an annoying little shit in this episode and then he comes back to fight in the last episode. That's yep. it. Like We don't have anything else with Mart. And yep. so the whole thing is just... It, it, it's, it's just a misstep. You know, the Ezra story is fine, but they've done it better. These guys are asshole shavers, and it's just, they've, they've done it better. So, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. It's Iron Squadron. All right, next question. Who is the strongest, best-developed character in the season? Well, my pick is a little weird, I think, but I, when I think about it, I'm going to say it was Ezra. Because this, we were talking about this in you know one of the past episodes of this season. Uh, this is a season where a lot of people like are just on the fast track of their arc. You know, mm -hmm. the rebellions forming. Like these guys are going to be involved in the rebellion, but some of them have stuff that they've got to resolve before they can do that. You know, and ev everybody's in the fast track to getting towards you know getting to their eventual place, you know, at the end of the series, wherever it's going to be at the end of the series. So there's characters who have more of a character arc this season. They have more things happen to them. But I think, like, um, as far as the strongest character, Ezra has come the longest way, and this season showed it by showing, like all the mistakes he's made in the in the other two seasons you can see that he's not unusual to a, a tv series character where you know you, you don't really want him to learn their lesson because you don't want to change him he's learned his lessons and he acts differently and he does not he is he's more efficient and he's also he also like is more restrained it's a, you know he's not perfect he's he's still he's still uh you know uh, has has his moments but for the most part he's very aware of what he's doing you know he's taking it seriously and he's making like he makes a lot of wise decisions mm -hmm. and he he when he gets responsibility he he is on it you know so yeah. that's uh so I'm 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 going for Ezra. He's like low key. He doesn't he doesn't have the like insane things happening to him like say, you know, uh Sabine, but I I would agree with a lot of that cuz and and even when he does make mistakes like when it comes to say like Maul, um 
it's it's things that you can tell that he's learning because like in, in in Twilight of the Apprentice, he was just like, look guys, I met this old man in the caves of this planet. Let's be friends. And they're all yeah, like, oh. There's, there's an element of Obi-Wan to it, you know, where Obi-Wan is like, yeah, I know it's a trap. Let's bring the trap to see what's going, you know, that's well, the only well, way we're going to find out what's going on. So he well, knows there's that's risks that's involved. The about Trials of the uh, Twilight of the Apprentice is like, he wants to trust Maul and like him, but we see this season, like, He's learned his lesson with Maul. He's yeah. very wary. So every time he goes to Maul, it's because Ezra wants to get something from him. And he's trying to use Maul back. Like, we've seen him even learn from his time with Maul over the course of the season, too. And arguably, like, you know, probably in the course of the events of the Force, it, it was a good idea for him to go see Maul. It, got, it, brought, the, it brought the Darksaber into play again. Yeah. And it's that Maul on his ultimate course. Yeah, and then they got to have Maul ship for free because he was dead. Yep. <laughs> so Ezra got a car this season, too, like any good 16-year-old. Car? You got a hot rod. You got a hot rod. When you get the bad guy's car, you've got the best cars. The bad guys always have the best vehicles. Yeah, yeah. It's all, point, it's all pointy, and, you know, it's a perfect teenager mobile. Absolutely. Um, well, for me, my honorable mention was Callus. Um, but like I said, he's an honorable mention because really Callus has started his change back in season two. Yeah. He's just kind of like completing his change. Um, but my real choice is to me is Sabine. Like having Trial of the Darksaber and watching her finally get broken down to where she's open and she's honest about her emotions and she confronts her past and she we actually get a backstory for sabine and then we go and we meet her family and we get to see like where she came from and and like the kind of society and people she was raised around we, we learned so much about sabine this season and she made connections again with her mandalorian side we've always known she was a mandalorian but we actually saw what it meant to sabine to be a Mandalorian. We had never seen what it meant to her and why it was important to her. And she just grew so much this season. I just, I love the beginning of Trial of the Dark Sabers that she didn't even want to hold the thing. And then episodes later, like she's owning it and taking out Gar Saxon and, and holding her own with the lightsaber. It's just, she grew so much over the course of like two episodes and is still continuing to grow. And uh, to me, like, Sabine is the one that made the most development this season. I would definitely put her in, in second place. Mm. Well, who to you was the weakest character or the least developed character of the season? I'm going to say Hera because of the major characters. It's not It's not like even a slam against her characterization in this. She's already kind of the strongest character mm -hmm. and she really she's been the one like holding everybody together and providing like the temper of the team mm -hmm. so everybody's sort of catching up with her obviously she's gonna have stuff in the future to deal with so yeah. so right now she's just sort of in that place i mean there's other characters that obviously I could have said had less, like AP5. Well, not even AP5. AP5 had, had a good deal. He got... he got Yeah, an episode. Came, yeah, yeah. And he came from being an Imperial to working for the good guys. But 
you know, I could say Chopper or something. But I was going for, you know, the main tier of characters with their character arcs. I think Cruz just sort of stayed in the same place this this season. Yeah. Um, My my honorable mention is Kanan. And... It's, mm-hmm. and, but even then, Kanan still had some growth um, in terms of Sabine. But really, Kanan, like, uh, he, he's found himself in the Force. Um, and and yeah. even then, like, with, with Bendu, like, Bendu helped him kind of get back on his feet. So, like, Kanan still had some development. So, for me, like, this this actually has a good chance of being my choice when we do Season 4. Um, it, it's, it's Zeb. Zeb is just... After Legend of Lasat and after the Honorable Ones, Zeb's story is over. Like, he doesn't have any kind of growth. And he's just, from season three to the rest of the show, he's a support character. And it's a really upsetting thing for me because Zeb is one of my top favorite characters of Rebels. That's that's why I didn't put him in the running because, like, they've been, like, basically... He's treated he's treated on a level of like he's 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 sort of like on the same level as Chopper and AP five, you know? Yeah, and well, he's a little was, more, but only a little. Yeah, and like Zeb is a character I feel like they massively missed the mark starting season three going forward. Like he should be in scenes when it comes to Callus. He should have been in zero hour to with Callus bringing him back. He should be in scenes with Callus in season four, and he's not. And I, it just makes me really like that. That to me is like my, my one of my biggest complaints of the show because Zeb is a member of the Ghost Crew. He's been here since episode one, and he absolutely gets sidelined for everybody else. And it really, really bothers me because he is one of the best characters of the show in my eyes. He overcomes just as much trauma. He overcomes a fucking genocide. And he actually has one of the biggest changes in, in, of the show and, like, finds his people and, like, and is such a huge catalyst to Callus for him to defect and come to the Rebels. And just the misuse of Zeb starting in season three to the rest of the series really, really pisses me off. So, and it's not because of ship reasons. It's a character and story reason. And the ship stuff just helps it. So, yeah. Uh, next question is, who or what would you have liked to see more of this season? Um, Bendy Poo. I know. Bendy Poo. Bendy Poo. Like little Bendy Wendy. Yeah. Bendy-poo. We'll get into that more later yeah <laughs> um and I, I think we get into more of mine later too but for me i just i, I talked about this when we did twin sons um i would have just liked to see a little bit of mall like i would have actually rather iron squadron be a mall episode <laughs> um just because it's just a waste of bringing him back into the series i mean pretty it felt like they only brought him back for him for them to ha- be allowed to kill him off does that make sense like yeah. It felt like Dave Filoni went, well, I brought him back in Clone Wars, so therefore I should kill him, so let's just give him a couple episodes that are very repetitive this season. I think they wanted to use him sparingly, but I don't think they used him to good as good effect as they could have. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they could have used him much better. Especially, it, I guess it's kind of jarring because we're watching season seven of Clone Wars, and he's being used so well. In Clone- very well in that, yes. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's just being done so well, and 
I, I think it's very jarring seeing it compared to Rebels. Especially I think for- they were afraid of, of like the Clone Wars characters coming in and taking over, you know? And I understand that, but it almost makes me go, then why bring him back at all? Right. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. But I, I, I just wish he had, like, either twin sons, either have twin sons just be him and Obi-Wan and cut out the Ezra story, or have one more episode, say, where Iron Squadron is, and have that be one more Maul episode. I, I would have liked either of those, so. All right. What was your top what-the-fuck moment of the season? I mean... All right, in this day and age... I wasn't sure about if you were joking in this answer or not, to be honest. <laughs> in this day and age, Disney should know better. It's just like, okay, Kanan's had his eyesight stricken, and why are there just, like, all these cruel and tasteless blind jokes everybody wants to, like, play on Kanan or, or hit Kanan? It's more verbal jokes, you know? Oh, I see. ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and fucking Howard tripping him every time he walks by. I'm so I actually forgot about Howard was a thing that we made. <laughs> I forgot about Howard. I dropped a Howard when we had our guest on for Twin Sons and uh and nobody even and without even either of you two going, What what are you talking about? <laughs> just slid it right in there. Yep, just everybody listen to last episode, you'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. Or you already have seen. So therefore, everybody, Chris has a joke answer. <laughs> yeah. Actually, your right, your runner-up. I forgot about that. Or it probably would have been my, my moment. My. To to be honest, moment. it was very hard making this recap, um, to write these questions and everything for me because right in the middle of season three, we took what like seven weeks off for commentaries. Right, right. I, I honestly could not remember half the first half of the season and what happened to it. So, like, I started writing my initial thing, and then I remembered the episode that went can through job. And in that episode, Scrotum Face as Morgan flat out fucking looks at Hera and goes, Don't I still own you? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> he was like, I still own you. And Kanan, like, started pulling out his lightsaber. And I was like, oh, man, I have totally forgot about that. <laughs> So yeah, it was it was so difficult writing this, actually coming up with questions and stuff, because I absolutely could not remember the first half of the I season. totally forgot about that. That is pretty what the fuck. Yeah, and then my runner-up is AP5 watching Wedge P. Yeah, the the AP5 was a PP watcher would have definitely uh, <laughs> made it if I'd remembered. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, what was your favorite robot or droid moment? And in, in parentheses, I have favorite chopper moments, but now we have AP5. Which is good because it was him floating and singing in space. That was mine hi- too. As a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan, that just, it felt like a, a nod to Disney and a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy at the same time. And it was short, it was short enough not to uh, overstay its welcome, and it was just a perfect little gag. And they, they went out on a limb a little bit to do it, so I'm yeah. uh, I'm perfectly I, I love it. Yeah, that was that was mine too. Um, mostly just because well, a lot of it. The reason it was probably mine is I used to really not like that moment, but I've come to terms with it and I really like it now. And a lot of it is just I like AP Five a little bit better than I used to. I mean, I, he's still like not anywhere close to being my favorite character or anything, 
But I, I really appreciate it now um, on a second viewing, and, and I like that scene too. And honestly, for the life of me, I couldn't remember any Chopper scenes. I, I just, I was struggling. I was like, did Chopper do anything this season? Other than be painted and roll around and yell at things? I think, I think Chopper's um, big moment this season was when he got possessed. Yeah. And went, went murder droid, but he went murder. And that's the thing, though. When, you, when Chopper goes murder droid, you don't you don't know if if something's gone wrong till you see who Chopper's shooting at. So this time yeah. Chopper was going murder droid on his own. So that was sort of his big thing this episode or this season. But I, I will uh, say, as much as we're not a fan of the Ezra plot and Twin Sons, I do like Chopper and Twin Sons. Uh, I think he plays a really good role of just pretty much spending the entire episode going, "What the fuck, Ezra? Why are what we is wrong here? with you?" Why are we in the desert? It's Sandy, Ezra. Ezra, let's go home. Ezra. (laughs) So I I do like that. Sort of Jiminy Cricket. Only swearing in as a robot. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck, Ezra? Um, Jiminy, fuck it. Jiminy, fuck it. I wish we came up with that. That got a better reaction than I thought it was going to. Oh, it took me off guard. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Next question. Is there a moment that you're still not over? Whether it was happy, funny, sad, exciting, scary. What moment are you not over from the season? The AP5 moment wins again. Wins again. It's just a sheer surreal moment of, of... of happiness tinged with irony at the same time and and i love it yeah for me um i just thought callus's writing this season was so good just from beginning to end um from from when we see him in the early early sabine episode where she has to uh to get wedge out of sky strike academy you know like we see callus and at first they write him so well it's like okay, he's letting them go because he owes a debt to Zeb and he's paying them back and now he's going to go back to being evil callous. But he's not and he's just, there's so many subtleties and even just animating him differently. Like I, I know I mentioned somewhere somewhere this season where they animate his eyes like almost more bright and round and he's not as like pointy in his eyes and they're more like, they're more human. And the entire, his writing is just so good. And I, I, he really carried a lot of the season for me. Um, and it's just, uh, I, I really am just very impressed with how they wrote him all season long. And I'm not over his character. <laughs> and I love him forever and always. All right. Uh, now, those are our general questions. Now we're going to get into more questions for both of us. But these are questions that are specifically written for season three for both of us. So... This is the first season that we've had both Clone Wars Season 7 and The Mandalorian out for viewing as we watch along with Rebels. How do you think Rebels has affected those two shows? Oh, for sure there's no doubt that Rebels and Clone Wars affected, well, you know, I mean, Clone Wars Clone Wars affected Rebels, but, and, and anything Mando from Clone Wars or Rebels got pretty much crammed into the Mandalorian because that's all you've got really, you know, in the, as far as in the official cinema, you know, I don't know what goes on in the books and stuff, 
I don't know what goes on in them books and comics, but you know, so you got to sort of for for a lot of the story for the Mandalorian TV series, especially since it's a Filoni series, you got to draw from these. So they're all going to feed into each other. And, uh, you know, I mean, now it's even better because with Clone Wars coming back, you've got this sort of reverse retro thing where they can have things from the Mandalorian in Clone Wars, you know, and have it seem, you know, in the timeline it's happening before. But, you know, just a lot of the visual things like the flamethrower in the Mando suit and stuff, you know, you, you they just there's there's just little details that they match, you know, they're they're making sure when they did the Mandalorian that they matched up the stuff from the TV shows. But now when they're doing Clone Wars again, they're matching up stuff from the Mandalorian. So when when it all sort of gets laid out in the future, it's all going to mesh together so perfectly that people are probably going to have a hard time figuring out which show came out first and stuff, you know? Yeah. It's all just going to... They're, they're doing a very good job of keeping it all together and making it all work for... For itself so yeah I like this line that you have written here it'll be great in the future when people just watch them in chronological order yeah yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying you know you, it'll just be like this one big story and you know everybody knows that Star Wars movies are not made in in time <laughs> we're not made in chronological order so when when you're watching these in chronological order probably in the future people won't know the, you know, so it'll all just seem like it was made at the same time and everybody knew what everything was, go. you know, like somebody had written a grand guidebook for all of it. But nope, not at all. They just kept it all together really well so yeah. far. So far, so good. I have no reason to believe they're going to falter on it. Yeah, I I'm going to pull for my, because the follow-up question is how these shows affected our viewing of Rebels, and, and pretty much they're kind of the same question, just from different points of view, so I, I feel the same way, because the Mandalorian stuff is really where we see it. Um, I I never, I was kind of expecting Gar Saxon to show up in Clone Wars, but I was not expecting Ursa Wren to show up in Clone Wars, which was just right. such a delight. And and to see like them put say young Kanan back into Clone Wars, yeah, he's only in one scene where it's a where it's like the narrative of like the opening narration of of Tom Kane, but to see young Kanan now back in Clone Wars is just really cool, and it was something that I was really hoping that they would do, and Clone Wars and Rebels and The Mandalorian are so intricately tied together. Like, they, they all play off each other so well, and they all sing together. We, I, I always say that Clone Wars had to, to walk so Rebels can run, and both of those are together so Mandalorian can sprint. And they just built off each other, and I, and I love how they've gone back and put some of the Rebels characters back into Clone Wars, and it's just so good. I mean, you can follow the three series just by following the Darksaber, but really, it's it's all the Mandalorian stuff that has really, really helped Rebels. And it's been cool going, just to go ahead and get into the next question about how the two shows affected Rebels. It's really cool seeing something like 
I, I, I was watching the last few episodes of Clone Wars where Ursa first showed up. And then Bo-Katan, of course, took Ursa and they started the Siege of Mandalore where Gar Saxon was. And the thing I immediately wanted to do was to go back and watch the Gar Saxon Ursa Rin episodes in Rebels. Because those Clone Wars episodes set up their relationship in that. Because currently Ursa is winning and Gar Saxon is losing, but we know that they're going to have a power flip once the Empire comes. And it's just such an amazing dynamic. And I just, I love it. I, I think it's all so well done. I agree. <laughs> I I wrote at the bottom, I was trying to think of a Mandalore question for the section since the season introduced Mandalorians, but I couldn't think of one. And then I was so glad that like both of our answers had to do with Mandalorians so yeah. that I didn't have to think of There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so Got it I'm all covered. All right. And so the last question for both of us. This season, we saw the ghost crew join the bigger rebellion. Earlier in the show, they were working on their own on Lothal. Do you like this development in the series, or do you prefer the first two seasons when they were on their own? No, this is way more interesting. This is forward. This is a, a lot more forward-moving, and you don't know what's coming next. Whereas the first two seasons, mostly the first season, but a good chunk of the second season, too, were a lot of rinse, wash, and repeat, you know? They were they were sort of a formula going on. Now that formula is up in the air. So, you know, it, it sort of follows their lives. And the, this is way more interesting. Anything could happen now, you know? Yeah. Anything could happen then. But <clears throat> it was mostly mission, almost get caught, succeed, the end, you know? And bad guy waving you know um callus waving his fist and now <laughs> now it's now it's just it's a larger story building and it's yeah it's more it's just like clone wars you know on yeah. a on a on a slightly smaller scale because it's not as many seasons but you know now now we're in the part where where things are changing, things are evolving, and the story is driving it forward. So, yeah, I like it much better. I, hmm. narratively-wise, I do. Character-wise, not so much. Um, to me, season one and season two were had much more character-grounded episodes. You would have an episode like Fight or Flight, for example, where the plot is Zeb and Ezra take a TIE fighter for a spin. But the right. whole thing was based in their characters bonding and learning to work together. So it was a more character-driven story. And so, like, narrative, narratively, yes, the show needs to grow. If they were always stuck on Lothal for four seasons, it would be really boring. Like, this is the natural story course. I just I just miss some of the characters. Like, I think that's well, why Trials of the Darksaber is such a refreshing episode in season three. Because... We got more of those episodes in season one and season two. I mean, God, look at the honorable ones. What actually well, happens in the yeah. honorable ones? Callus and Zeb fucking sit on an ice planet and talk about their feelings. Right. Well, it's <laughs> it's it's um, it's like comic books used to do in the 80s. Like they would have like the new Teen Titans would come out. But before the new Teen Titans would come out, each they would have a four issue miniseries with you know, a story of each, well, they do it in comics now, but, you know, they would have a story of each character. And 
so you know they do the, it's it's i think it was the formula for for rebels that the first two seasons formulaic stories more character stories so you get to know everybody establish your dynamics and then when everything moves forward you've got all the characters are a lot more developed and yeah. you can do things like have callous turn and make it yeah. pl- plausible and, enough and i don't disagree with that like this this is the natural course for the show that that the show needs to take like right. it needs to go in this direction right I, I just do i miss those personal stories just because yeah. i'm i'm very much a character person over plot and there's just so even just the earlier episodes, like a lot of these episodes are day-to-day battles. We go and have a fight at Harris house. We go and on a mission with scrotum face and Hondo. We go and sneak into the Imperial factory and get away. Like it's, it's just kind of like day-to-day battles, but there's very few episodes that's just like, like trials of the dark saber where it's like, we're going to actually deal with characters. And so it, it's not a bad thing. And, I'm, and I don't want to make it sound like a bad thing. It's just not a thing that, that I personally enjoy. And I, and I think that's why season one and season two are my two favorite seasons of Rebels, because there's much a lot more personal stories. Um, while season three and season four are more plot heavy, which it's, it's just not my full jam. I love it. I like the show. It's just not what I look for in my stories. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, oh, sure. All right, so now it is time for questions for each other. So I wrote questions for Chris, and he wrote questions for me. I think if you go first, I think we have the, do we have the same amount of questions for each other? I think we do. I think we both have five questions. Five, one, two, three, four, five, and then my Calus so. Yeah. All right, so do you want to go for, I actually think with the Calus Volution, I have one more, so why don't I start? One, okay. two, three, four, five. Yeah, six. So I technically have six, so I'll start. Yeah, well, we're going to do... Yeah, we got to face this, Hope. Callous Volusion isn't even a question anymore. It has grown into its own... It is its own section now. It is, it's a part of the show, you know. So I don't count it as a question. So we've. I, I count this as we've each got five questions, and then it's time for the the callous volution because that's when i go i go pee i go make myself a meal i eat i watch a short movie maybe a couple episodes of a tv show go downstairs stretch my legs come back up and it's about wrapping up meanwhile i'm screaming at a microphone meanwhile your voice is just about to go out and, <clears throat> and all then, right then. And then we got a whole week for you to recover yep all right chris all right. my first question. All right, we're getting this one off, off right off the bat, I guess. Well, hit me. I thought you were asking me first. Oh, oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. We're not getting. Well, we're getting something off the bat first, but not the not the big question that I thought it was. Oh yeah, no, this is a big question. Oh yeah. All right. We know soft. We we know soft. We know. Hope has a soft spot or a sweet tooth for the bad guys, but this season, who? But like, uh, you know, she didn't have any inquisitors this uh, this season. So who is who? Who is the hottest overall for for Hope Mullinex? The good guys or the bad guys this season? Okay, I wasn't sure if this was like uh, this season or an in general question, but the the answers are pretty much the same. Well, I know bad guys in general, but. 
For me, I would have to go with the bad guys. Um, don't get me wrong, Space Dad is great. I love Space Dad. Kanan, Kanan's wonderful and beautiful and hot and everything. And I love, I love Zeb and his, uh, and his uh, furriness and his love of Callus. And I, I didn't, Callus, I would count as a good guy now. But <sighs> I love me some bad guys. Yeah, you I, had I, Thrawn. You didn't have the the Grande this this uh, season, but you did have Thrawn. So I traded I a Grande. That... I traded a Grande boyfriend for a blue husbando. Yeah. I uh, know I I've always liked bad guys for sure because um, there is a mystery to them. There's a whole like bad boy, bad girl feeling if we're talking about because I love Arinda too. I mean, let me throw that out. I love Arinda Price. She's hot, sexy, and I'd, I'd want her to step on me and before she probably would stab me in my sleep. Um, I love Arinda too. But I'm, I'm a very firm believer you have to have a good bad guy to have a really good hero. And I love good villains. And I love Ari. I love Thrawn. I mean, I even love, like, I wouldn't call him hot, but I even love stupid little Lieutenant List. Like, oh, my God, Yalaren. Mm, Silver Fox. Love Yalaren. But Not Constantine, though, huh? No, Constantine is the king of the hubris, last of his name. He's dead. He's dumb. I don't like Constantine. Didn't, didn't uh, cry any tears over Constantine. I cried from laughing when I finally was able to use my last of his name joke. (laughs) (laughs) I waited three seasons to use that joke. Hope already had the grave dug for that that joke, and she's just sitting there with a shovel, just like, ha, 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 last of his kind. With a cement truck waiting till I can bury it. (laughs) Absolutely. Beep, beep, beep. Even with, like, Callus, like, I always loved him as a villain before they even started redeeming him. Like, I remember watching season one and the first half of season two, like, I loved Callus as a villain. I thought he was a fascinating and interesting villain, too. And I think he's very interesting when he's playing Fulcrum and as an agent. But, you know, starting season four when he's a full good guy, he's kind of boring. You know, hashtag hot Callus and all. But I definitely liked him as a villain. So I've I've always had a soft spot for bad guys, I think. I think they're mysterious, and I, I love me a good redeemed bad guy, so, like, Callus fills that, too. Um, I, I will say a lot of my Thrawn feelings come from the Thrawn novel, which absolutely changed my right. perspective of him, where it makes me question if he's even a bad guy or if he's just, you know, a guy that works for the Empire, because that absolutely altered my thoughts about Thrawn and Arinda, to be honest. I Arinda was... Not a very interesting character to me until I read the Thrawn novel. And then I'm just like, oh, you're a murdering psychopath. Awesome. <laughs> I'm down with murdering psychopaths. Don't take that out of context. I don't mean it that way. <laughs> Please don't take that out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like bad guys for sure are hotter. And I, and I like good, wholesome, good guys. Kanan's a wholesome, good guy. That's just a big, furry, lovable boy. With other good guys like the Dadalorian, like Din Djarin's just like, you know, he's just a single dad trying to make it through life with his space baby, Yoda. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but bad guys for sure. I mean, give me my black metal daddy any day. I will I will read some sexy Vader fic. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, let's. I mean, Anakin's this. fine. Anakin's fine with his toast daddy. But I also like him when Toast Daddy goes into the toaster and then the toaster sets on fire and he becomes Black Metal Daddy. Right. <laughs> I like him both. See, that's what I like about Anakin. He's both the good guy hotness and the bad guy hotness. Like, honestly. Yes, they got to squeeze all of it out of that character. I know. He gives me both. 
All right, let me scroll up to your question. All right. We're going right to the other end of the spectrum on this one. I know, I know. That that actually is a nice segue. Chris, for your first question, you don't like Thrawn. Nope. How would you make him better, in your opinion? He talks big, and he's got his super grand admiral, grand poobah rank, but he needs to live up to it. He writes off his failures to his to his 3D chess big picture, but like he, he's all like that sly talk. And I think like if I was to make him the the character with the reputation that he has in Star Wars, and that's what sort of I mean I can't help it. It colors my situation. The the original Timothy Zahn novels and years of people going like. You see, the thing about Thrawn was he was a real hero. He wasn't an overpowered force user. He was something the Jedi weren't used to dealing with, which is a tactician. And, and it's like, okay, well, you know, and he's a, you know, he came in and clean client. And when I finally was able to get through all the stories, it's like, eh, not really. But um, like, if I was going to improve it, which is actually the question and not why I don't like him, which could take up the rest of the episode. But um, I would have improved him by I would have brought him out and, you know, maybe it wouldn't even have had to have been the rebels, but you would have seen him just crush in a crushing victory, like silently coming in. And who's this blue guy? And he just wiped out this place. And maybe it was something the ghost crew was trying to help or something. And they just completely fail. You know, they completely fail at their object objective. The old grandma whose farm they were helping as they fly away, they see it go up in a ball of flame and they go, holy shit, what just happened? We had it under control and it just got like completely wiped out. And that would. And then after that, if Thrawn's doing is like, I'm playing 3D chess it would have a lot more weight to it. But he comes out like, I'm playing 3D chess. It's like, ooh, you know, uh-oh. Uh-oh, watch, uh, watch out for 3D chess Joe here. And then at the end, he's just like, drat. You know, I've been foiled by... And, but now, actually, in my loss, I've actually gained victory. And it, it, yeah, now I'm just complaining again. I would have I, I would have established him as a as as just a stone cold snake of a of a deadly killer at the at the very I would have had him come out, you know, psychologically the same way they had Vader come out last season. Just like no bullshit. Like, hi, Jedi, I'm pulling this whole, you know, structure down and throwing it at you. You know, that sort of thing just, you know, just got their asses handed to them, you know, out of nowhere and and just barely escaped with their lives and were just like, you know, and then I then I would have been more impressed with him. Now he's to me like in his if I if I take him as just sort of a Dooku character where he's kind of kind of clownish. It's it makes more sense, but I think but at the same time, I think he's supposed to be a badass. I mean, he's pushing your badass buttons, so I guess maybe it just doesn't work for me. (laughs) It's 
Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's true. You are, you are, uh, you are more interested in his arms and stuff. Like, you know, like I kind of rolled my eyes with with uh, with uh, Thrawn and his uh, wife beater, but kind of a different reaction from Hope. So there, yeah, you got that. I I but, do understand where you're coming. I do wish that Thrawn had like a big victory. Like I know some people spin zero hour like oh because. I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna say something because Timothy is on at a Dragon Con. Like if it wasn't for the Bendoon for Constantine, there would that would have been the end of Rebels and Thrawn would have won. But like Thrawn should have won, and he he does. I I will agree. Like I would love to see him have a victory. He doesn't. I don't think he actually wins at any point in the show. No, no, not really. I mean. Sort of wins at the end, at the end, I guess, because he he stops the he preempts the 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 rebel attack, but he kind of gets his ass handed to him by Bendu physically and mentally. <laughs> if you're yeah. talking three dimensional chess, Bendu just like ha 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 ha. You know, you know. what? It would have been a nice change to kind of set the bar. Um, in Steps in the Shadow, the opening episode, they have to steal the Y-Wings from the station, and, and they get away with a few Y-Wings, and those are the Y-Wings that go to Dodonna. But, like, what it would be, I would have actually loved to have seen, like, the station's going down, not because Ezra's taking it down, because Thrawn shoots it down, and they all, they don't even get the Y-Wings, and they barely get out on the ghost. Um, to establish, yeah. like, like, that would have been a way to like really show like he's not fucking around. So I, I do agree. Like I, I wish Thrawn had actually far more victories. I, I would have done it on a much bigger scale. I would have done it on like, like they were, they, they just escaped from their lives to one of the things like, maybe that was the, the thing that happened that they barely escaped thing was the thing that made Thrawn grand admiral where he got like, where, you know, they're like we're promoting you from the, for this, you know, that sort of thing. I would have said it as something, you know, yeah. Or even actually, it's like, funny because all these questions are leading into each other so far. Really nice because I'm I'm curious. I, I I think a lot of this is gonna bleed into your next question. All right. Well, then let's get on to the next question. Oh. Okay. So. Okay. So Thrawn's a bad guy. But this season had a lot less dark side characters, like a lot, just a lot less dark side in general, with Maul being the only one we really showing up. Maybe did we get I don't think we got no. even like a hologram of of like anybody. No. So uh, he was and he was not really an aggressive dark side threat like, say, the Inquisitors were. You know, he was sort of on his own thing and sort of maybe a threat to Ezra in a way. But it wasn't it's not the same as having, you know, Vader and Inquisitors snapping on your heels. Do you think that benefited or hindered this season? So I, I had to kind of think about this question in two ways, um, which was my personal feelings about Maul versus the story they were trying to tell. And. The story they're trying to tell this season is the heroes joining the bigger rebellion and watching the rebellion grow, which means if that's the story that they're focusing on versus the first two seasons where it was 
all right, Ezra's meeting Kanan, and they're in, Ezra's learning how to be a Jedi, and Kanan's learning how to be a teacher. Well, now they've reached that point where Ezra's very established in his Padawan-ness, and Kanan is much is knighted, and he's a Jedi Knight now. So they've actually kind of completed that story. So I, I think this season does well telling the story of them growing the bigger rebellion, which then brings me back to Maul. As much as I like Maul and I like Maul's character and stuff, I would almost rather not have him in the the show at all because I feel like him being here takes away from the story that they're trying to tell of the ghost crew is now joining the bigger rebellion because I, I, and then, and cause I, I don't think I've said it at all this season at all. To me, I feel like the season is very up and down. Um, season one and season two were very steady. Like, yeah, you have the off episode here and there, but they were all, even the off episodes, like, you could write off Fight or Flight as just kind of a filler episode, or or the Space Well of the Call episode as a filler episode, but they actually ended up growing to something more. But when it comes to this season, all the episodes are either okay or they're really stellar. And the okay episodes feel like they're not really adding too much to it and so and i guess it's, it's so hard to say because because we know that like they they sort of everything in rebels is not this is the one show where i feel like there's no filler but i i feel like with this season the okay episodes the mall episodes stick out this season that's what i'm trying to say they they massively stick out to the rest because even with something like iron squadron which is an episode we don't like it is adding to the show because we know that Mark oh. comes back later. Hold on, let me finish. Um, we know that Mark comes back later, and he's connected to Sato, so it is adding to that bigger story. But something, but then when you get to the Maul episodes, it's just like every other episode this season is about growing the rebellion, and then Maul shows up, and we yeah. have to pause for 22 minutes to deal with Maul for 22 well, minutes, and then Maul well, goes away again. For then, a while, it was like it sort of integrated in because it was like. There was a lot, and and I didn't have that feeling this time because I already had seen the whole series before. But like, you know, early into in season two and season three, there was a lot of talk that maybe Ezra might end up going to the dark side. You know, he might be a knight of red. So so Maul was sort of like, oh, it was okay. So Maul might be the one who pushes Ezra towards the dark side or plants a seed or something. And they started to pursue that, but it became pretty clear fairly quick that Nazra wasn't going to do that. So yeah, it, that's, it, that's a it, really it, good Then example. it just becomes Maul just sort of being a, a guest star running out his, uh, his uh, you know, his backstory from another show, you know, and in other movies, you know. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's actually a really, really good point. I, I actually forgot about that. And that actually is like the through line that I'm rambling about. If they actually had continued Ezra's story and actually had him continue falling to the dark side as they were growing the rebellion and it was getting to the point where Ezra falling to the dark side was hindering them in the rebellion where they had no choice but to confront Maul because it was hindering their story of growing in the rebellion, then that would have been really great. But because they drop it after the first fucking episode of the series, um, it's just 
the mall episodes stick out. And don't get me wrong, I like Voices and Visions. I think it's a great episode. I like the Obi-Wan and Maul fight. But I feel like, I, I, I said it earlier, I feel like the only reason they brought Maul back is for Dave Filoni to kill him off in his own terms. And in that case, let him be the guest star of Twilight of the Apprentice and take him out fucking there. Yeah. Like, have him face off with Vader and take Maul out there. And then you have then, like, what, three or four episodes this season that you can, like, really build on this rebellion story. I don't know. It's it's so weird because, like, my personal feelings, because I said this was story versus personal feelings. Personal feelings is I like Maul. I like his character. I like what they do with him. And I especially like him right now in Clone Wars. But he's not handled as well in Rebels as he's handled in Clone Wars. And I find that very disappointed cause, disappointing because I'm I, I I was watching um, the Phantom Apprentice today again, and he's so good and nuanced and smart and well done and so good. And you know, I, I don't know if they were developing solo this early, um, so I'm I'm making this point off of speculation of me not knowing. Um, but if they were developing solo this early and they knew about Crimson Dawn, I would have liked to see a little bit of Crimson Dawn in this season and like maybe like him losing his footing there. Yeah, but or, it like, would've you know, would just taken away from other important story. You know, it's like I there's only it, so yeah. much story they had to tell, so it's like Yeah. You know, and then then does it become and they've already got Ahsoka and Rex running around and then is it beca- you know, becoming the Clone Wars show and you know it, it yeah, it's they yeah, were walking the line with all of them. They were really smart with Ahsoka. Like they brought back Ahsoka, they used her where they needed to, yeah, to use no, her. It, it, it worked That's, with everybody but Maul, pretty much. Yeah, like I Ahsoka and Rex are really good examples. Their use of Ahsoka is good. She's there and she does stuff, but she's there as a way to help the main characters. She's there to help Kanan and Ezra, and she's there to help and find. And then they sideline her until the finale, where they bring her back. So then you have these all middle seasons where they're there. Rex is there as a support character. There, I mean, other than the last battle where she got to address Rex, he's really just there for support, and yeah. it's fine. And he's not taking away from the characters. Maul takes away from the story, and which sucks because he's so good. <laughs> so that's that's how I feel. Like it's it's so it's so weird. So hey, this goes right into your next question. <laughs> it's like we planned this, Chris. You ready? Uh, for yeah, which question? we didn't. <laughs> I know, no, not even a little bit. This season introduced the original trilogy character of Wedge and Tilly into the series, but neither of us really care about Wedge. So how would you make Wedge and Tilly's more memorable in this show? Anything. He's a bl- he's a blank sl- slate. He's a guy who flies and fights a, a, a fighter really good. He's, you know, he's going to be integral in the Battle of the Death Star. He's a he's a good fighter. That's all we know of him, you know. So make him an interesting character. He's just a guy, like such a blank guy character. You know, there's nothing about he could. Make him an asshole. Make him a make him make him neurotic or make him like awkward or some or shy or or stupid. He could even be stupid, you know. He could be this total dunce, but when he flies a X-wing, he's a he's a genius, you know. You just you just described Kaz from Resistance. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah uh, you know, right? Any but uh, anything, you know, you could have put any character trait in him, you know, just. As long, you know, I mean, 
they could have made him any of the tropes like a sort of Han Solo snarky Finn sort of character, or I mean, I mean, uh, Poe Dameron sort of character, but it would be better, better to make him something a little, little weird, goofy, accident prone or something, you know, anything, anything, but he's just sort of just a generic character who just acts and reacts in a very generic sort of way. It's, it's just sort of like, Hey, it's wedge. So, you know, Whatever. It would have been interesting if you made him somebody that that was interesting. So then when you do see in the movies at his two seconds and at a time on screen, you go like, hey, I remember Wedge. He fell it's on the like, soap. It's like Steve 3PO and R2 in the season one. They're just kind of there. Yeah, they just come in and they're, they're, they're just sort of walk-ons. They're like guests in a, in a variety show or something. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hate love triangles. Like I'm not a fan. I would I would almost be happy to have like Wedge have a crush on Sabine, just so like he has something. something. To do. Anything yeah, so you can you could put anything. And but the more I thought about it, like actually I would have liked to have seen him interacting with Ezra more. There's a scene in the AP Five episode where Wedge is sitting with Ezra and Zeb, and they're just talking and they're laughing about stuff. And it would have been really cool to see Wedge interact more with the ghost crew. And Ezra has someone that's his own age and Sabine's gone. So it'd be cool to have even just little scenes of Ezra and Wedge just like hanging out or talking or like or swapping battle plans. Like maybe instead of talking to like, I don't know, like Rex or Hera about something, he talks to Wedge because Wedge is his peer who is his own age. And yeah, like I, I, I completely agree. Like. He's on nothing. And I know people are going to be like, well, Wedge is this great in the X-Wing novels. Well, we're not talking Whatever. about, we're talking about the character that's presented here. I'll and I know I'm a him, hypocrite. So. I know I'm a hypocrite. I call myself, caught, hi, I'm the pot and I'm calling the kettle black. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I know I say this because I always bring up the Thrawn novels. It's art and stories. It's subjective. You don't have to be. It's not. Uh, it's we're not lawyers at a trial. You can you can you can I, like and dislike things for the most. I can it, be a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as being a hypocrite in it because you don't have to. You don't have to have legitimate reasons to like or dislike something. That's art. You like or you dislike it. Sometimes your opinion might change over the years and you see it differently as your point of view changes or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's like, you know, somebody can't just come with a list and some, maybe sometimes somebody can come to to somebody with a list and say, here's why you should like this thing you hate. And people go, oh, okay. You know, your honor, it's good. (laughs) You know, but whatever. You I've have had no, my mind no before. There's no need to do that. There's no, you know, that doesn't. There's no official rules to liking or disliking anything. You can dislike yeah. something because it reminds you of your neighbor's dog that you hated. Yeah. So, isn't that one part of the reason why you hated Wedge? Because he reminded you of a kid that you grew up with or something? Yeah, somebody lived in our house. It was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> just looked like him. You know, so it's like. <laughs> all right give me my next question all right so ap5 do you like that he was added we both like him but why do you think they added him in the story because i have no idea 
I do like that AP5 was added. I just don't think they use him correctly. Does that make sense? Sure. I I think he was honestly added to be a companion companion to Chopper. He is supposed to be like the off kilter three P three C them them that he's supposed to be the off kilter C three PO to Chopper's off kilter R two D two. I just don't think they use him enough. I remember when AP five first came into the show, I thought he would just become part of the crew. So like he would always be on the ship. He would always be part of missions. He would kind of like what because. You know, you guys know I'm not a big fan of C-3PO, but at least he's there doing stuff. It seemed constantly. obvious that he was going to be sort of a stand-in for C-3PO. But but at least, like, 3PO does stuff. Like, in Clone Wars, they use him. They take him on missions to translate things. He's constantly working with Padme. He's constantly helping out Luke and Han and Leia. Like, at least C-3PO is a presence that's doing things. And AP-5 does do things, but he's almost always on the base. Outside of his one episode, he's on the base for the rest of the show. And I, I was under the impression that he would be more integrated into the crew. But he's almost like he's just, they go to him when they need something, and then I forget he's there. And so I, I, I think that's that's my thing. Like, we both like when he's there and when he does stuff. But I just don't think they're quite using him correctly. I would have liked to have seen him be more part of the Ghost crew and to be a more active role. Does that if they're going to make him the C-3PO to Chopper, then they need to make him as active as C-3PO is to See, R2. I think you're right, but I'm glad they didn't because I don't think it, I don't think it would have worked as well as it, it worked the way they used him. But I think the way they used him was just, he was just sort of a fun character was in there, but he didn't really serve any purpose. But I think if he was in there too much, he might have like graded on, he might have gotten grading. So I don't know. I just, I can't figure him out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think his purpose is to be a counter to Chopper, but it's it, it's odd how they use him and where they use him and when. So, I don't know. I feel you. I'm not quite sure either. So. <laughs> All right. This is going to be a rambling question because I knew I wanted to ask you something about Bindu, but I had no idea what the fuck to ask you. So I just kind of wrote a rambling question. Here we go. <laughs> Chris. You clearly love the Bindu, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if if Bindu was to show up in another animated show or a movie, what would you like to see? Like, see the character do? What other characters need to talk to Bindu? Or just more Bindu? Or if Bindu was a nod to... Or because Bindu was a nod to old puppet work from the 80s. If they ever use Bindu in another movie, should he be a puppet? I told you, I didn't have a solid question. Just talk about Bindu. <laughs> no, that just gave me an idea. I, I would be a million percent down with a, a Muppet show, Muppet-made anthology show like The Twilight Zone called Bendu's Tales of the Force with a different weird stories from throughout time in the Star Wars universe. Could just be a story of two little animals on a planet, you know, that has something weird, Force-like, and uh, and the Bendu's just like Rod Serling, like host. He just is at the beginning and the end of this, and introduces and caps off the story at the end. I think that would be awesome. I remember. I would watch the, the hell Rod, out of that show. I remember you mentioning the Rod Serling thing at some point in the season. Um, I think it'd be cool, like for it to be like one of the YouTube shorts, like the Forces of Destiny or the Galaxy of Adventures, where it's like he introduces it. You have your weird, your, your like little canon, like 
six minute story and then he caps it off. I, I, I agree. I think that'd be a really cool I th- thing. I, I think it would have to be like weird. I would do like horror and supernatural tales because he's the Bendu and it would all be like weird, weird stories of the where the force pokes into a into something happening and and exerts its force. Now, if they Force. did a live-action Bindu, should he be a puppet? Sure, I'd be. But I'd be a big fucking ass puppet. No, you just you just do a a a, 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 a like a human-sized puppet, <clears throat> film it a little fast so it's you know so it has a little slow motion to give it some weight. They do it all the time. That's true. You wouldn't have to make a life-size Bindu puppet, Bindu puppet. Because actually, um, they could do something like they did with uh, I think the I think it's the character's creature's name is Borgullet, I think if I remember correctly from Rogue One, the tentacle monster that zaps Bodhi Rook's brain. The majority of it was puppet, because um, they had like like I think like three or four people running the puppet, and then they just added a little CGI to make the tentacles a little bit more smoother, which is something that they could do with Bendu. They could have like a big old puppet. Um, just kind of be like the front half, but then they could. Oh, the, CGI. The, the Muppets could make a bend, like they could make a bendu. Yeah. No problem. A guy, uh, the, I could see a puppet, but, like they built it like a puppet. I could see how you could yeah. put a guy in a big bendu suit and just have, you know, I would fill it full of dust so when he moves, like dust is coming out around him and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, but it would they, be fine. They wouldn't even have to like build like every one of the rocks, just like the main rocks, and then they could CGI in just like the little extra ones like here and yeah, there. Yeah, they could so. fill in all the blanks. Yeah, you just yeah, build yeah. a little Godzilla set for him. Mm-hmm. Big Godzilla set. I didn't think about that, like just doing a human-sized one and just then just like putting mm-hmm. him big. I didn't think about that. That's actually a really good idea. That's but I'm also not do, a. That's how they would do it. I'm also not a puppet person, and you are so. All right. All right. Um, as a season, this one had a lot of uh, strong character arcs and major plot developments. But did you feel it was more or less cohesive than the other two seasons? I've kind of already touched on this. Um, most. Yeah, I, I didn't know how you were going to answer those other questions, I, but yeah, I, I know. It's sort of um, you have sort of answered this question. Sort of, and I, I think sort of. I, yeah, like Maul to me is what throws off a lot of the season for me. Um, as I said. Um, but I'm, I feel like some of, like, the more, like, kind of meh episodes could have been better. Like, I would have liked to see something like Iron Squadron or Warhead earlier on, like, have those episodes early so they're building into something instead of having, like, Secret Agent Droid, I'm sorry, yeah, Secret Agent Droid is what I meant to say, Secret Agent Droid and Warhead come so late in the series and they come, like, right in the middle of the Mandalorian stuff. But if you had those two episodes, like, say, earlier on, then you... Sorry, I'm all burpy now. Then you could build the story. So have these, like, light, fun kind of episodes, like Secret Agent Droid and Warhead earlier in the show, right? And then over the course of the season, you're starting to ramp up the drama. So, like, you have these fun episodes, and then you have kind of the middle stuff. And then you're, like, hitting the Mandalorian stuff. And then you're hitting the finale stuff. <laughs> And so you have that clear kind of uptick in drama because you have like this building drama with the Mandalorian stuff. And then it comes back down with like Mon Mothma and AP5 and Zeb. And then it goes back up into the finale. Um, but also I, I feel like 
I didn't write this, but I feel like some of the kind of more average episodes could have just been done better. I think I mentioned it when we did Warhead that it's a good Zeb episode, but the plot's very mediocre. So I would still want a Zeb episode. I just would want him to be doing something more, even if it was just something like, I know, I know he couldn't be with Callus, but maybe like he was trying to get like, they smuggled him onto somewhere and, and Callus was trying to smuggle him a message and it was just like, like they keep missing each other kind of episode. So like they never actually see each other or running each other, but they're just keeping missing each other to have something there. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I feel like some of the Met episodes just could have been tailored. Like I like Secret Agent Droid. I just, I don't know. It's it's so hard because they're not in, in a vacuum. They're not bad episodes. It's just when they're compared to other stuff like the Mandalorian stuff, they're just not as strong. And then you have something like Iron Squadron. Like Iron Squadron has been done. They could have done it better. They could have used Mart more. Like so to me, like the season's kind of weirdly uneven. Like it's a good season and it's solid, but there's also just a lot of stuff that's just like this is fine, but it could be better. Does all that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, I just want to see a, a, a Zeb and Callus episode. <laughs> so bad. All right. Your next question. We saw Saw Guerrero show up this season, and we're starting to see Rogue One influences in the show, like with the Death Troopers. There were also legacy characters like Mon Mothma. Do you think these F influences and characters help or hurt the show? Or both? Do some work and do others not work? I think when they do the cameos, when they do cameos by the major characters from the movies, like Princess Leia and R2-D2, they don't work as well as... The Leia episode works really well. I it, wor it, it works well, but she comes in and she go it goes out, you know? It's, 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 it's a sort of isolated incident that sort of gives you a little insight into Leia and stuff. But with characters like Saw Gerrera, and, and, and stuff like that they're sort of out of they're sort of out of the Filoni universe they not sort of they are they're out of the Filoni universe they're more integrated to it in the beginning and Mon Mothma is sort of not a major character and stuff like that um, but, and I think all that stuff tied Rogue One together so much because they don't have the baggage to them, so you can do more with them. And they're more integrated into the story, so it feels more, more natural to have Sagrera showing up in Rogue One, Rebels, and Clone Wars, you know? And so I, I think those second-tier characters and the characters from from the animated shows work a lot better in the whole, like, integrating them into the story naturally than someone like R2 and 3PO or, or Princess Leia or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, it, 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 all, it all, like, the way they tied all this stuff together and with Rogue One was really well done. I, I agree with that. I think some of them work really well. Like, I, I, I see what you're saying with the Leia one. Um, if they would have brought her back, it real, probably would have worked a little bit better. But, and, and we both have said that we wish there was more Bell Organa in the show. Um, but I, I agree. I, I think their use of building Mon Mothma and Sagrera through the show is, is really well done. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, Bail Organa could have been a really good character. You could have had all sorts of things happening with him, and he was, you know, 
you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Smith didn't get to do a lot with him, but he, you know, just felt a lot of potential with him that they could have used and, and uh, really shaded in that whole. Oh man, thing. Chris. But, yeah. Oh man, Chris. So, um, I forgot her name. I know the first name is Genevieve, but I can't remember her last name off the top of my head. The actress that plays Mon Mothma has been casted in the Cassian show, and I'm just waiting for Jimmy Schmidt to join as well. Oh, that would be cool. Because Cassian he does, he the, does TV. He yeah. he's been called into TV. He did a um a, a season of uh oh what was it? Dexter. Now the fun thing is, is the Cassian show. Its timeline takes place during Rebels. So it's going to be running alongside the Rebels timeline. And I'm just like, if Mon Mothma's there, I mean, the reason that I'm just like, Jimmy Schmidt needs to be in this because because uh, Bail Organa with Ahsoka is pretty much running the Fulcrum stuff. And Cassian's a Fulcrum, Fulcrum agent. So <laughs> I'm just like, where's Bail Organa in this show? Give me Jimmy Schmidt. Well, so anyway. We'll see. Yep. All right, so here, here's your last question. As if I didn't know, <laughs> if you could insert one, in, insert one incredibly selfish and indulgent element of fanfic into season three, what would it have been? Callison's up. As if I don't know. Callison's up. Uh, and, yeah. and I won't, I won't even use it as a selfish, indulgent fanfic element. It's an element that needed to happen in the show. I mean, it was. Well, you could have had him making out or something. That would oh, have been. Oh, okay. If we're gonna go that way, then we'll come back to that in a minute. I'm saying <laughs> selfish and indulgent. What hope would what like would have? I mean, what what would you have done if you tuned in and at the end of the episode they like embraced and started making out? You would have you would have lost your head. Yeah. I would have I would have heard, I would have heard the scream all the way here in New York State. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's. I just. So, I yeah. just I'm saying give yourself that. (laughs) Give yourself that thing. If that's (laughs) the case, we would have had a scene where, because Callus is all beaten up at the end of Zero Hour, and he's standing alone in the hallway. And I've actually, uh, my my buddy L has drawn this comic, so I'm kind of pulling from L's comic. Um, but Cal, but Zeb would come up to him and be like, "Oh my God, you're injured," and Callus be like, "No, I'm fine." He's like, "No, you're not." And so then Zeb would tend to Callus's wounds, and they would talk, and they just, and he'd be like, "Thanks for being here." I'm, I'm kind of actually because I'm, I'm working on a, a Callus Zeb collaboration with my buddy June. I wrote the fan fiction, and she's doing the artwork for it, and we're doing it for Callus Zeb Week come May. So I'm, I'm kind of already been on a Callus Zeb trip this week because I've already been writing a story for a collaboration. But I mean, like Zeb would like come and help tend his wounds, and. Callus just be like, it's really, I'm really glad to see you, Garrison. And Callus and Zeb would be like, yeah, you want to be my boyfriend? He'd be like, yeah, I thought we were already boyfriends. He's like, really? I'm glad to know that we are already boyfriends. No, but really, like, the answer is I just, zero hour just having Zeb in the hallway with Callus would have been enough for me. Just to, because he, that's where he should have been. Like, no questions asked. And it's just, it's just a missed point of the second half of the show. So, yeah. All right, you ready for your last question? And then they would make out, and then they would go back to Zeb's room, and Ezra would be like, "I'm ready for bed," and he would open the door, and they'd be naked in the room, and and, Zeb, and he'd be like, "I'm not sleeping here tonight. I'm going to sleep in Sabine's old room." And then it smells Ezra smells like old underwear in here. Yeah, yeah. And then Sabine, Ezra would go to Sabine's room, and then he would probably, like I don't know like smell her sheets or something. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> 
and then like he would get a sock and then he would have a rock hard sock afterwards. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's not on Disney, Hope. Uh, ain't happening on uh, Disney Plus. <laughs> not even on Disney Plus Plus Plus. Maybe part of the school of hard socks. That might happen on Disney X one day. I can't take credit for the school. One of day there'll be a. The, the, I am the Oracle. One day there will be a porno site on the called Dis, run by Disney because they will own everything and it'll be Disney X. Yeah. I, I will say I can't take credit for the school of hard socks joke. I got that from Game Grumps. Cannot take credit for that. Anyway, okay. you ready for your last, your last question? Sock it to me. Ha <laughs> 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 I'll give you a hard sack. Oh, I'm on the alert tonight, Hope, so watch out. Yeah, I like it. All right, your last question. I, I, I actually totally, totally didn't mean to. Did not mean to, but I was <laughs> I, I, I just can't in good conscience take it. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I did not mean that, but boy. It was perfect. It was some good luck, yeah. Good luck on my part. <laughs> All right. So, your last question. <laughs> <laughs> would you... Sorry. Would you like to see more character-centric episodes like Sabine's and Trial of the Darksaber? Or do you think using them sparingly like this is a good thing? Well, yes, and... I think they should be used sparingly, but this one was used like super sparingly as in it's the only one. I think they should, I think they, 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 you shouldn't have a lot of them, but you should have maybe like a couple of them, at least two or three peppered in on a season. Like, like they used to have the political shows in, in clone wars. Um, we did I mean, it's hard to say more- because like, I don't know if like, you know, the thing about it is, I don't know if that episode. I don't. I doubt very much they were purposely like, "Hey, let's do an experiment where we do it all in ex, you know, exposition." And it's, you know, I think the the story drove it there, and then they were like, "Well, you know, this story isn't. We, you know, should we have a chase or a fight in it? No, let's try. You know, so I don't know if they were like, "Let's just do, you know, a character centric, you know, dialogue episode." you know, because we should have one if that would be the best idea. But like it, it, it's, they, they definitely have the skill with the animation now to where you can do an episode that relies on characters acting, you know, their, with their full acting to tell the story. So yeah, I would definitely want more. Can, could you imagine an episode? And uh, this just came to me as I was thinking and getting ready for my callous evolution we we were talking about the dropped the drop as we're going into the dark side storyline. Can you imagine an episode in the middle of the season, maybe where Iron Squadron is instead, and let the Ezra Ezra episode be this? Having an episode where Ezra is of course like, you know, they're fighting in a war, he's killing stormtroopers all the time, but an episode where some reason like that gets to him. And, like, I don't know, like, maybe, like, a stormtrooper begs for his life and, like, Ezra accidentally kills him or something and he didn't mean to. And then he has to grapple with what he's doing. Like, oh, my God, like, I'm in a war. I'm fight. I'm killing people. I'm killing humans. And, like, Kanan's just like, look, we're in a war and they're space Nazis. But, like, how, and then Ezra oh, yeah, there, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, things that you could do with an episode i mean i mean it, it totally depends on the storyline that they're going for but yeah oh sure yeah. 
I mean, and, and I, I hate comparing Ezra to Ahsoka because they're two different characters doing two different things. But, I mean, Ahsoka got some of those episodes. I mean, there's a moment during the Geonosis arc where she sits down with Barris and she goes, I can't sleep because the silence keeps me awake. Yeah, th- those are and, just moments, though. You know, they're, they're, they're little sections and they and But they're, Ezra they're doesn't like that. get those moments at all. Right. We never have a moment where he stops and goes, maybe I'm not doing the right thing. I think what gets me is that the Rebellion is a volunteer army. I remember reading that, I think, in the Aftermath book, that being a volunteer army, at any point you can just leave the Rebellion if you don't want to fight anymore. And I, I would love to see a moment where Ezra's just like, what if I'm not doing the right thing and actually contemplate leaving? And then he realizes he needs to stay and it's where he needs to be. Kind of like what Twin Shuns should have been when he comes back and he's just like, I know where I'm supposed to be with my family. But, like, they could have it in an earlier episode. I don't know. Just, I, yeah. All right. <laughs> you know what's next. I honestly, I was, I, I'm not prepared for this at all. <laughs> and I honestly. Like, I, I really I, believe this is going to be a 10-minute callous volution. I, it's a, I, I meant to go back through the earlier episodes because, again, we took like a seven-week break <laughs> with commentaries, and I don't remember the first half of the season. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <clears throat> Today, I am not prepared for this at all. Usually, like, I go in with a plan, but I don't have a plan <laughs> this time around, so we'll see how it goes, guys. Um... This is your, if this is your first time listening to this, this started in Clone Wars, where I talked about the Rex Revolution, which was the journey of Rex throughout the season. But in the first season of Rebels, there was no Rex, so I did the Cal's Revolution. So, now we're going to, and Rex is in this too, so I might bounce back and forth like I did last, last season, so. Yep. <sighs> okay. So last season, Callus had an eventful trip to the moon of Geonosis with his with his friend Zeb and then he got left with a lot of confused feelings and he was just like I don't know do I like Zeb yes no maybe definitely I rigged it that's a Gravity Falls joke from mining Chris's other podcast hope makes Chris watch cartoons anyway <laughs> so he he grapples with that for a while and he's like you know what the Empire kind of sucks no one cared that I was dead or gone or almost dead or broke my leg. And I had to heal all by myself with my leg. And the Empire sucks. Fuck the Empire. I'm I'm going to go out and be my own mutton chop man. And so he's just like, all right, here I go. I'm going to go go be a, a, I don't know, I need a word. You know, like a balance word, something between the good guys and the bad guys. I don't know. Let's let's just go with uh, with with the word double agent and then he gets a phone call and he's just like oh someone's calling me and he answers the phone he's just like hello and uh he hears a voice on the other side and he's like hello i'm diego luna but i also play cassian and i am a character named uh cassian andor and i go by fulcrum and then he gets another phone call from a a lovely female voice and it's like hello i'm ahsoka and i'm calling you from the other side of the world between worlds you're gonna be a fulcrum agent and then Saw Gerrera is apparently a Fulcrum agent. He's all like, I'm crazy now! Thanks, Clone Wars, for making Saw Gerrera a Fulcrum agent. <laughs> what the fuck? 
Um, and so, and, and Kalos is like, oh, wow, you guys are all Fulcrum. And Ahsoka's like, yeah, you can come join us and have fun. And if you want to see really fun comics, look up somebody called Juicy Space Secrets, who does really amazing Fulcrum comics. And he's like, that sounds like fun. I'm going to be a Fulcrum agent. So Kalos is getting ready to go off spying. And then he hears this music. And the music's all like, And Kalos is like, what the fuck is this music? And then Constantine, King of Hubris, first of his name, and Farkin comes in. And they're both like, hey, Kalos, what's going on? And Kalos is like, I'm not a double agent, not at all. And they're like, okay, well, come on. We're going to be meeting two new characters this season. And he's like, okay, but what's with this music? And Farkin looks at him and goes, well, they're hot. So we have to have the music. And so <clears throat> and so they go up to the bridge, and he's just like, oh, wow. And this slapper girl-style psychopath woman named Miranda Price walks in, and with her is Blue Husbando Grand Animal Thrawn. And Kalos is like, wow, I'm newly gay. And wow, he is really cute, and she looks like she could stab me with her pen. And Miranda Price is like, yes, I will stab you with my pen. Don't test me. And Thrawn is like, hello, guys, I'm here now, welcome. And Kalos is like, I have a really bad feeling about this. But he goes along his day, and he hears some stuff going on, like, I don't know, the rebels that he used to chase that he's now friends with got something called a holocron, and they were messing around with this spiky boy, and spiky boy has, like, metal legs, and Kalos is like, like, ah, whatever. So then he's doing his fulcrum duty and like Cassian is like feeding him like information from the distance. And he's like, thanks Cassian. And Cassian's like, you're welcome. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> and he's like, that's cool. And Cassian's like, Callus, look into this. We heard that there's some like rebel kids like wanting to leave Sky Strike Academy, but they can't get out. So Callus is like, cool, I get to use my voice modulator. So he downloads an app on his cell phone and he's all just like, I'm fulcrum now. This is my fulcrum voice when I call. I would like to talk to my boyfriend, Zeb, please. So he calls up Adelon, or are they on Adelon? Yeah, they're on Adelon by now. He calls up Adelon, he's like, Zeb, hey boyfriend. And Zeb is like, oh, it's my boyfriend, Callus, but we don't know it's Callus yet. This voice sounds really sexy, and it does things for my Lasat penis. And he's just like, thanks. I'm glad I do things for your Lasat penis. Anyway, there's a really boring character named Legend Tilly's, and I guess there's a guy named Hobby, too. I don't know. And there's a boring guy named Hobby there, too. Can you send Sabine to go pick them up and I'll make sure they're alive? And Zeb's like, I can do that for you, sexy voice. So, Callus then goes to Sky Strike Academy and he's just like, I'm pretending to look for rebels. But, Alberta Price goes with them. And Ari's like, let's find rebels and kill them. And Callus is just like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm okay. I have to be really careful around this bitch. So he sees Sabine, he's like, okay, there's Sabine. Don't, 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 like, go after her or anything. Just help, help her out from a distance. And he's just, like, sliding her messages on the door. Like, Sabine's sleeping, and a message comes under her door that says, go to this place and get them there. So Sabine's like, okay! And she goes and finds, she goes and finds Wedge, and Wedge is like, hi guys, I'm Wedge. There's literally nothing interesting about me. I'm a movie character! And Sabine's like, that's great. We have to get the fuck out of here. But meanwhile, uh, Arinda Price is like, I'm coming after you, Sabine! And she's like, aw, fuck, it's Arinda. You're here. And Arinda's like, yes, I am! 
and then she kidnaps Sabine, and she puts her in a jail cell, and Callus comes into this jail cell, and the whole time Callus is like, fuck, 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 if, if this young girl dies, Zeb won't take me. I have to save this young girl. And Sabine's all like, what are you doing here, Mr. Mutton Chops? Or should I say, stupid Mutton Chops, Agent Phallus. I stole that joke, too. I'm not taking credit for Agent Phallus jokes. <laughs> and Callus is like, well, for one, ow, I'm trying to save you. So he helps Sabine escape, and Orinda's like, no! And then Sabine beats the shit out of Orinda, and it's awesome. And Callus is just like, Sabine, this way! And Sabine's like, why are you helping us? And Wedge is like, I'm still a movie character! <laughs> and Callus is like, look, just tell Zeb that I love him, and he's really cute, and... And I want to pet his fur and do Lasat's purr. I'm gonna believe that Lasat's purr. And and Sabine's like, I don't I don't know where you're going with this. And Cal's is like, you just gotta run away now. Go run away now. Go go go. I'll cover you. And Sabine runs with Wedge. And they all get on a ship. And then they fly away. And they get back to base. And Cal's is like, oh, that was, that was that was a tough one. But it's fine. And so he goes back to his uh super sneakiness, and he, he's just getting all this information from, from what's-his-butt, from Cassian. I forgot Cassian's in this, too. Cassian's like, dude, did you hear about the time that Thrawn went to Hera's house? And he was just like, nah, man, that sounds like fun. He's like, yeah, like, Hera, you know, escaped and stuff. And Cal's is like, I'm honestly not surprised. I've been dealing with these rebels for three seasons now. I'm not really surprised that they escaped. And then Cassian's like, dude, did you also hear? They fought a bunch of B-1 battle droids on a planet, and it was awesome. And Callus is just like, oh, that sounds fun. So they go back and forth, and they talk about some uh, Imperial Super Commandos, and the capture of Finn and Rao, and some little shits called Iron Squadron. And at some point, like, a gross, like, like scrotum face shows up with Hondo Anaka. And Callus is like, Hondo, I love him from the Clone Wars. He's great. And everybody likes Hondo. I'm just saying that because we didn't get a chance to talk about Hondo in this episode yet. And Hondo is amazing. And even though he's only in one episode, everybody loves Hondo. <laughs> no one likes Ez Morgan. <laughs> Ez Morgan can go die. It's fine. Um, what the fuck? He said he still owns Hera. And Callus is like, that's not cool. Anyway, so Callus is doing really great. And he's like, okay, I think I've balanced this Imperial life and Fulcrum life really, really well. And Cassian's like, yeah, bro, you're doing really great. And Soka's like, keep it up. We like you. And Saul Guerrero's like, I'm still a crazy person. <laughs> and Callus is like, okay. So he goes to work one day. And he gets to work. And Arinda's there and Thrawn's there. And they're like, hey, Callus, what's up? And Thrawn just stares at Callus for like 30 seconds. And Thrawn doesn't blink and just stares at him. And Callus is like... Okay, <laughs> what's going on, guys? And they're like, look, we think we have a problem with our supply line. And Callus is like, okay, care to tell me more? <laughs> and both of them are like, no, it's a top secret project. And Arinda goes, it's called a TIE Defender. And Thrawn looks at her and goes, what the fuck? <laughs> that is my secret project. How dare you? And, and Arinda's like, what? Yay! And Callus is like, okay, so there's a TIE Defender being built here. And so he, he he goes and he goes, makes the Skype call. He's just like, guys, you might want to come to Battle of Thal. They have a super secret ship that may or may not be called a TIE Defender. You need to come see it. And Ezra and Kane are like, alright, cool, well, let's go uh, sneak onto Lothal. And they're like, okay, cool. So we're back on Lothal, and Ryder Azadi is there, and Ryder Azadi is like, Hey guys, I'm Ryder Zadi. This is apparently my Clancy Brown accent. 
Because <laughs> I don't, I forgot what Clancy Brown sounds like. So no, this is what Ryder sounds like. He's all like, welcome back to Lothal, bitches. And they're like, oh, thanks, Ryder. Remember that time that you put her into price on her path to being a psychopathic bitch? And Ryder's like, yeah, I sure do. And Ryder helps them get inside the, 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 the factory is the word I'm looking for. Helps them get back into the factory where old Mr. Sumar, good old Mr. Sumar, that we literally know nothing fucking about, and his wife is a sexy leg lamp, comes in and he's just like, Oh, hello, Ezra. I've been trying to help this lovely man who keeps trying to come up and get information from me. And he has these mutton chops. And Kanan and Ezra stop and they're like, What do you mean he has mutton chops? He's like, I don't know. Let's go to work. So they all go to work. And Kallus is there, and he walks in, and he's just like, okay, I know that Ezra and Kanan are disguised somewhere in this room. I have to just watch my ass. And Thrawn comes in here, there, and he's like, hello, everyone, I'm Thrawn. I'm beautiful, I know, just, just stare at me. And Arinda's like, I think you're beautiful, Thrawn! And, and Thrawn's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, Arinda, just stop. Stop, stop, stop. Anyway. And Arinda's like, I have a blue vibrator! And Thrawn's like, okay, stop! Anyway, so, let's move on! And Thrawn's like, all right, you, old Mr. Sumar, you look like a good person. And Cal is just like, oh, fuck. What's happening? Why is Thrawn calling out that old man? And Thrawn picks up Mr. Sumar, carries him to a bike, and sticks him on a bike. And he's like, I want you to rev up this bike to speed. And Mr. Sumar's like, I'm pretty sure it will explode if I do. And Thrawn's like, that's the point, bitch. And he cranks up the speed and it explodes. And Mr. Sumar dies. And, 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 and Ezra and Thrawn are like, what the fuck? And Thrawn's like, yes! And Kallus is like, what the fuck? And, and, and Orinda's like, more carnage! Give me more carnage! And Kallus is like, yeah, yeah, I, I made the right decision to leave these crazy bitches. So he leaves, and he finds Kanan and Ezra, who are now dressed like stormtroopers. And he's just like, you two, come with me. And Ezra and Kanan are like, oh fuck, it's Agent Phallus! What, what if... What if, what if he knows that we're here? And Kanan's just like, be cool, Ezra, be cool, be cool. And Ezra's like, I don't have a cool setting, Kanan. <laughs> what do I do? So they all get into an elevator together, and, Kan and Kallus is like, all right, guys, be cool. I am the fulcrum agent. And they're like, no, you're not. What's the code word? And Kallus takes a deep breath, and he goes, the code word is, I love Zeb's big fat dick. And... <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> From scrotum face to this. I don't write these down ahead of time. They just come to my brain. And and Caden's like, that's not the code word. And Ezra's like, you know, though, that's enough for me. I, uh, I you know, I share a room with, with, with Zeb, and sometimes, you know, it just just escapes his sleeping shorts and you just can't unsee it. And Callus is like, look, I know, you need to tell me more about that later, but for now, I need to get you both out of here, but you need to get the plans for the TIE Defender. So the three of them sneak away and they get to the control room and Callus comes in and they have to put up a show so Callus blows in the door and he's just like, oh, the rebels! I am voice by an Academy Award-nominated actor and the rebels are after me. And they're going to come get me. Fight them! And Ezra and Kanan run in there and they kill up they kill off all the other stormtroopers. And Callus gets them 
the the tie defender plans and they're like okay we need to make it look like you guys fought me so i don't know just like hit me in the face and and ezra's like yeah no remember all the times you tried to kill us and Ezra picks up Callus and throws him through a fucking window. And Callus is just like, ah, ah. And Kanan's like, yes! Space Sun! And they both run out and they leave. And, Kan and Callus just kind of picks himself up off the ground. And he's all like, ow, that really hurt. And he picks glass out of his button shop beard. And he goes to bed. Well, he wakes up the next day after having a terrible headache. Because he got through a thrown through a window. But he had really nice dreams of Zeb's big fat dick. So he had a really good night. Um, he gets a phone call. And the phone call is from um, one of the other fulcrums, and it's from Saul Guerrero. And Saul Guerrero's like, I found a bug! And Kels is like, a bug? And, and Saul's just like, yeah, found a bug! And some gas! Bye! And he hangs up. Kels is like, I guess that was the Geonosis episode? Anyway... So Callus goes to work again, and he's all just like, man, I just really want some tea, and I miss sitting around the bar with Grande Boyfriend and Minister Tua. Those were much easier times. You know, I wasn't trying to be a double agent and high for my life, and I remember having nice long conversations with Grande Boyfriend about about how much Parkin sucked, and Tua would come in and yell at us. It was, it was an easier time. And so he goes to get his tea, and as he's leaving the cafeteria, he overhears a stormtrooper just being like, yeah, General Thrawn, or Grand Admiral Thrawn, is sending about a bunch of droids, and these droids have bombs in them, and they're hoping to find the rebels and just blow them right up. Talos is just like, oh, fuck. So he drinks his tea, drives out to his his uh, fulcrum car, makes his fulcrum Skype call, and he calls in, Hey, boyfriend, just so you know, some droids are coming after you, and they're gonna blow up. And Zeb's just like, Oh! Callus, is that you? Oh my god, it's been so long. How are you doing? And and Callus is like, I, I don't have time to uh to talk to you as much as I would love you, but I do love you, just so I know you love me. And Zeb's just like, give me a minute, I need to ship this droid back to you. AP5! Throw it in a box! So AP5 and Chopper throw a warhead droid into a box and they package it all up and they're just like i'm gonna mail this back to you and kate and callus is like don't mail it back to me send it to another ship here here here's the address send it to this ship right here and so zeb just goes over and gets a pen and goes up to the droid box and he's just like all right five 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 star destroyer way um i what system are you in i don't know the galaxy Galaxy USA. And they put some stamps on it and they put the droid, the, the, the atomic droid, back in a ship and they throw it back and Callus just runs to the window and he's just like, yay, my boyfriend's awesome. And he comes to the window and the droid gets back to the other ship and it blows up and Callus is just like, yay, it's beautiful. My boyfriend's wonderful. This is fun. And then his phone rings and Callus is just like, oh shit. So he answers the phone and it's Thrawn and Thrawn's just like, Hey, Agent Callus. Why did that ship just blow up? And Callus is just like, I don't know, sir. I am not a double agent. And Thrawn's like, okay. Just just wanted to make that clear. Thank you. And he hangs up. And then some Mandalorian shit happens, which Callus has nothing to do with, but it's awesome. And there's a dark saber, and Sabine's great. But anyway, we're moving on. So. Mm. I'm running out of water. <laughs> so, 
So, Talithin continues on, you know, a few weeks pass, and he hears about some stuff happening on Mandalore. He hears about that Ball Saxon getting his head shot off by Ursa Wren, and there's a civil war breaking out on Mandalore, and he's just like, huh, good for them. Good for Sabine. She's come a long way since, you know, I tried to kill her in season one. I'm very proud of her. And he wakes up one day, and he goes over to the sink, and he washes his face, and the audience looks up and we see him, and he's just like, Oh, I look old. All right, back to work. So he comes outside, and he opens the door, and there in the hallway, coloring with crayons, is Lieutenant List. And Lieutenant List is like, Agent Callus, I made a picture for you. And he's just like, oh, that's great, List. Thanks. And he just throws it in the toilet. He's like, all right, let's go to Thrawn ship, List. And List is like, okay, we'll go to Thrawn ship. So they get on our ship. But they have to stop, because they pick up a bounty hunter who's actually Ezra. And Callus sees him, and he's just like, Fuck, fuck! Ezra, what the fuck? What the fuck are you doing here? And Ezra's like, you know what? Ever since I told you about Zeb's big dick, and I let, I let Zeb know that I told you that, Zeb just really wants you on the base now, and so I'm here to rescue you. And Callus is like, I mean, I appreciate that, I would love it, but I'm doing work here. And Ezra's like, well, too late. I'm here now. Let's work together. But then Callus gets a call from Lieutenant List. And Lieutenant List is like, Callus, we're going to the Chimera. That's Thrawn ship. Yay. I'm adorably, I'm an adorable Nazi. Yay. And Callus is like, oh, my God, List. And he walks at Ezra and he's like, you stay right here. Stay right here. And he goes back on the ship. And he meets up with Liss, and they go to the Chimera. And they're walking through the hallways, and it's like a, like a wonderland of all the old Rebels characters we've seen throughout the season. And Liss is like, I hope I can impress the Grand Admiral. And Callus is like, I'm sure you will, List. And they get to the Grand Admiral's office, and they open the door, and Callus stops in the doorway. And he pauses, and he's like, I'm so gay now that I know something hot is about to happen. And they come in, and there's Thrawn, fighting with some robots. And Callus stares for like ten minutes. <laughs> and ten minutes pass, and finally Callus needs a cold shower. And then Callus is like, man, I have a thing for aliens. And the door opens, and as the door slides open, they hear a voice go, Betrayal! Here, on the ship, there's a spy! And Callus is like, oh cool, Colonel Lee Lauren's here. Hey, Yularen, how you doing? And Yularen's like, I'm looking for spies! And Kalos is like, cool, you're like my favorite teacher and, and everything, and I'm not betraying you, favorite teacher. And Yularen's just like, what do you mean? Kalos is like, nothing. And then Thrawn comes in with a random, and Thrawn's like, all right, guys, team, we have a spy in our midst, and they're giving away information, and we need to find them. And Orinda's just like, what if I stab him? And, yeah, and Thrawn is just like, you know what? Good thought. We're going to put a pin in that. Not doesn't mean you get to put a pin in a person, Orinda. Put the pins down. Put them down. Down. So just be on the lookout for a spy. And everyone's like, cool. Team break. And everyone leaves. But Callus pulls the Lieutenant List to the side. And he's just like, Lieutenant List... I think Orinda's the spy. Maybe you should watch her. And Liz is like, gee whiz, Callus, I don't know. She is a governor after all. And Callus takes Liz's shoulder and goes, Orinda breaks crayons. 
and throws them in the dirt. And Lester's like, ah! She breaks crowns? She's certainly a bad guy rebel then. I will watch Arinda. And he runs off, and Callus is just like, thank God. So he goes back to the jail cell, and he breaks Ezra's out, out, Ezra out. And Ezra's like, all right, well, we need to get out of here. But we need to figure out where the base is first, that Thrawn is apparently fighting the base that I just remembered as a plot point of this episode. So then they have to go to Thrawn's office. And Callus gets there, and he's like, look, the smart thing is here is to not change the planet. And Ezra's like, oops, I changed the planet. Callus just closes his eyes. Takes a deep breath. He's just like, you guys are going to get me killed before I ever get a chance to taste that sweet Lasat. And Ezra's like, I don't really want to know the rest of that sentence, please. But then the door opens and they're like, fuck, we need to hide. And Ezra hides behind a stone wall and Callus runs into the droid thing. And he's like, oh man, I can reprogram these droids to attack Thrawn. And he gets up to the droids and he's like, wow, they're really sweaty. <laughs> that, just, that just sweats a lot. <laughs> wow. Cool. Okay, well, focus, focus, focus. And he re- reprograms the droids, and Thrawn comes in, and he's just like, huh. And he turns on his planet thing, and he's like, huh, there's a planet missing. But I'm not going to state this in the episode, which is a huge glaring plot point for my character, but I'm just going to ignore that. He's like, I guess everything's fine. And then Callus' robots attack. And as, as Thrawn's fighting the robots, Callus and Ezra and Chopper run out of there. They run down to the hangar bay, where they find Arinda brawling with Rex. And Arinda is picking up an old man and throwing him. And Rex is just like, I'm too old for this shit. I'm now in this revolution. I forgot to mention that I'm in this Kalisvolution. Hi, everybody. And Callus and Rex sits up. And he's like, Callus, I want my, my Rexvolution back. And Callus is like, I'm a little busy right now. Running away from Thrawn. And meanwhile, the whole time, Yalarn's like, betrayal. And so they get back to the ship. And everyone's piling on the ship. And Lieutenant List has has belly flopped on top of Arinda. And Lieutenant List is like, I caught her, Callus. I caught Arinda Price. And Callus is like, good for you, List. You did it. And as it runs on the ship, and he's like, Callus, come with us. We want to take you home to Zeb. And Callus is like, I can do good, more good here. Go on without me. And Ezra's like, you're a good man, Callus. Brave. Bye. And they fly away without Callus. And Callus goes over and he's like, hey, List? And List is like, yeah? He's like, I'm taking you to jail now for being a rebel spy. And List is like, well, that's not cool. They all haul uh, List away. Meanwhile, Yularen and Thrawn are sitting together. And Thrawn's just like, that was all really convenient. And Yularen's like, convenient! And Thrawn's like, yeah, I know, I know. So, um, Callus is the spy. And Yolarn's like, betrayal! <laughs> anyway, so Callus is like, okay, cool. I think everything's fine now. I think I covered my ass, except for Ezra switching planets, and Thrawn probably noticed. Okay. Alright, well, I'm a dead man. So, he's like, okay, let me write my will to Zeb. Dear Zeb, I gift you my one space rock that definitely had radi- radiation that we found on the moon of Geonosis. And he packs up his will and he mails it off to Zeb. And then, but the, but the days are fairly, you know, the same. He hears about Mon Mothma and she sends out a Skype call and a radio podcast. And she co- makes a podcast for the Bellion. And then he hears stories about how AP5 uh, got to see Wedge's uh, big fat dick and 
Zeb and Callus is really jealous because he wants to see a big fat dick. And then he heard something about Darth Maul dying, but it was, you know, apparently a big deal to the fan base, even though it came from a really fucking mediocre episode, except for the final fight. And Callus was like, cool. And then he realizes that Thrawn has found the rebel base. And he's just like, I have to warn them because if they don't know, he's going to kill us all. So he drives out to Ezra's old crib and he opens it and he stops and he's just like, oh my God, it smells like hormones and puberty in here. Oh my God. And there are hard socks all over the floor. Ew, ew, ew. And he steps over the socks and he goes over to the radio and he turns it on. And he tries to get half a message out and all he says is, Thrawn knows. And then it gets cut off and behind him. He, he hears the music go, and Thrawn slides in there like, Hello, Agent Fulcrum. And Callus is like, Well, I guess you know now. And Callus picks up his weapons of choice, Ezra's old hard socks, which are sharp as blades, and he fights Thrawn. <laughs> Callus fighting with like masturbation socks from Ezra is just a great image because he like flips them around like nunchucks and he's all like, What's Big <laughs> wet nunchucks. No, they'd be dry now because they've been like living there for like two years on the floor, so they're like dry, so they're like oh, sharp Jesus. as blades. Anyway, it doesn't matter now because uh, Thrawn fights him and then he calls in his death troopers, Pick and Waffle, and Pick and Waffle come in, they capture Callus and they beat him up. Well, now, Cal starts his real Cal's evolution, because now he has a single strand of hair in front of his eyes, and is the birth of Hashtag Hot Callus. So Hashtag Hot Callus is now captured by Thrawn and Orinda, and he has no fucks to give. So then, as the battle for Adelon unfolds, the whole time Callus is just like, Hey Thrawn, Thrawn, you suck. You suck. You suck. Fuck off, Thrawn. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> Sounds like a chicken. Fuck off. <laughs> and finally, Arinda's just like, oh my god, shut up. We're trying to have a battle here. And Thrawn and Cal just smiles and leans in and goes, hey, Arinda, how does it feel to know that Thrawn will never love you? And Thrinda's just like, oh, throw him out the airlock. Well, luckily, by this time during the Battle of Adelon, uh, Bendu has gone become a crazy bitch, and Bendu's just like, I bring lightning and death, and the whole time everyone's just fleeing from Adelon base, and Thrawn's just like, Fly, what is this Jedi bullshit that's happening? I wish I had a Salamiri, and meanwhile Kanan's just like, Kara, Hera drive faster, we have like a rock monster shooting lightning at us, and Hera's just like, I know we have a rock monster shooting lightning at us, Kanan, 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 I'm not... I didn't marry you for Jedi bullshit! So everyone's fleeing away from Adelon while Bendu's just like, What's up, man? You didn't mention me in your Kalos Volution. Bye. And during all this, Kalos gets put into an elevator with two stormtroopers who quickly get killed by him. Probably. I don't know. They probably died. Whatever. <laughs> and Kalos runs out to the escape pod. And he gets into the escape pod and he jumps in. And he shoots out and he calls Zeb. And Zeb sees his message, 
And he takes Hera's shoulder. He's like, please, Hera, go save my boyfriend. And Hera's like, okay, Zeb, I will. So she flies over. And she flies in and she scoops up Callus' uh, escape pod. And Zeb gets up and he runs down into the hangar and he opens the door and Callus stumbles out. Here's my fanfic, my indulgent fanfic thing, the thing I didn't answer earlier. Here we go. Callus stumbles out of the escape pod and Zeb catches him. And he just looks at him and goes, Alex. And, and, and he looks up and goes, Zeb, you know my real name? And, and Zeb cups his cheek and goes, of course, because every fucking episode you're in, Hope goes, Alexander Callus! So of course I know your name, Alex. And Callus touches his cheek and goes, oh, Gara Zeb, we're finally together again. And he scoops up Callus like a bride, and he carries him to the med bay, where Zeb lays him down and starts treating his runes. And that night, after the battle's over, and they're all safe, and they're all on their way to Yavin, there is a hat on the door of Zeb and Ezra's room, so Ezra knows not to come in. And they have a wonderful night together as they go into season four. The end. Yay! Woo! No, I, I don't feel like that was my best one. And I know I always see that say that, but like I had I I didn't prepare for that one at all. <laughs> I honestly couldn't remember what happened half the season. <laughs> uh, you, I think you uh <laughs> I think you did okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, Callus got to use Ezra masturbation nunchuck socks, so yeah, whatever. You, you you got it all in there. You got big dicks and socks and and scrotums and all of it. Yay! All of it. Thanks for listening. All the things. Well, did we have anything else for season three? All the things that make rebels rebels. At least makes rebels rebels for me. <laughs> all the things that makes rebels rebels for me. All right, Chris. Did you have anything else for season three? I do not. Me neither. So, where can people find you? Hey, you want me to score it up? I give oh, a name. Oh, God! Yeah, we have one thing. Sorry. <laughs> I'm out of water. Oh, it's like, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, everybody. Season I'm giving the season an eight. I, don't, I, I think they were trying to build up to a, uh, to a similar se- season two, like the... the excitement of season two and the Darth Vader stuff and it wasn't quite even it didn't quite build as it was a good season I just don't think it was up to the level of season two as far as like like dramatic dramatic tension I think they tried to use twin sons as the as the uh you know as as their big triumphant moment and had its moments but it wasn't is dramatically cohesive as last season. So wait. You know, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I, I have an 8 out of 10. The highs are really high, but a good chunk of the season is just kind of middling. I just liked a lot of kind of middle-of-the-road episodes. And I think I said in my season two recap when we did that, that Twilight of the Apprentice felt like the highest emotional story point of the show. That everything from season one to season two crescendos in this to Twilight of the Apprentice. And then season three and four never lives up to that point ever again. 
it gets uh-huh. really damn close. I think World Between Worlds and the series finale are really close to Twilight of the Apprentice, but it never actually quite reaches that height ever again for me. So, but I agree, like, the, the high parts are high, and yeah, there's some parts that are really strong, and I love Thrawn, so I also gave it an 8 out of 10. I'm losing my voice, Chris. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent! You're losing your voice! Well, you know where people can find me, Hope, is at tutufreaks.com. That is our website. You can also find us on Facebook. We have the Two True Freaks podcast site there, the Two True Freaks Cantina. At all of those places, you can see all of our uh, podcasts. You can uh, subscribe to them on iTunes. You can subscribe to the RSS feed on the Two True Freaks site. And you can also see us on Twitter. And our Twitter feed is run by Gene Gene, the Infernal Machine. Da, 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 da. Hope's losing her voice, Gene. As Hope croaks out. And that's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? You can find me at geekygirlexperience.com. That is my website. And it's where I write reviews. And I have a Patreon-exclusive podcast that I do with Chris called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. We are currently going through Gravity Falls right now. And we're having a really fun time doing it. And or at least I'm having a fun time. I can't speak for Chris. Are you having a fun time? Woohoo! Um, you know. Good endorsement <laughs> I wrote. Okay, I'll take it. Um, Woohoo! Yippee! Is, How about that? Yippee! Chris is enjoying Gravity Falls. <laughs> I am. I am. I haven't watched. I haven't watched the new episode yet. So that's oh, the one that's I'm supposed. To, that's probably going to be very exciting. So I'm. I, I. I. I'm not that. I'm not episode four excited yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. You can also find us at J Guys and Jedi on Twitter. You can also find me at Hope Molinax on Twitter. And what, what else do I do? I, I write on Archive of Our Own under the name Chaos Lydia. And actually, probably by the time this episode comes out, my Kalazeb uh, collaboration with June, my friend June, should be on my Archive of Our Own, where they're stationed on Hoth in a bunker, and it's cold. But it doesn't go where you think it goes, because Kalas has PTSD about murdering oh. the children. Oh, it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. No, so they have to work through that feeling. It's going yeah. somewhere else. Oh, God, so next week we start season four, the beginning of the end. Yes. Yeah, I will say, guys, we were talking about how to do this because every episode of season four came out in pairs, and everyone was a two-parter. We decided... And it's a short season to begin with, too. Yeah, it, was, uh, it only has 16 episodes. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but we decided that the season opener and the season finale, we will do those two parts together, and then everything else we're doing is one episode, right? Yeah, yeah. So even Otherwise, the, it'll be done in a heartbeat. Yeah, so even though the Saw Gerrera episodes in The Name of Rebellion is a part one and part two, we're going to be doing those separately. So just so next week, we're going to be doing Heroes of Mandalore part one and part two, and we will be back then i'm actually really excited because bo katan for that episode and we've been watching so much clone wars lately so i'm actually very excited to watch that episode all right season four. Oh, jeez. oh i need a cough drop <laughs> i need like five coughs. bye guys bye <laughs> my voice hurts <laughs>
visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Suck it to me?